Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. <laughs> You're once with live here for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, and usually some Star Trek, and in today's case, a lot of Star Trek. <laughs> uh, and we make fun of John before the show. <laughs> That's pretty normal. Even when I'm not on, somehow I get made fun of throughout the show. Yep. It's pretty normal. Uh, let's see. Uh, we do drink alcohol on the show. However, we strive to keep it both uh, family friendly in both language and content. And if you are drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the early show goings and we will shout it out in the chat. All super chats are read on the air so long as they meet our family friendly criteria. Uh, let's see. If you want to take part in the super secret chat uh, or the super secret after show, uh, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. You'll get exclusive access to the Discord server where all of that takes place and you'll be helping me keep the lights on around here. And soon to come, Float Plane. It is official. I will be joining Float Plane as soon as uh, maybe about a week. Um, I've already got my, my creator account all set up. I'm just working on polishing the page up and uh getting some content uploaded so yeah uh you'll get all the same perks that you already get on patreon basically the benefits will be the same uh it's just a different place if you'd rather go on to float plane instead of uh patreon so um i may eventually tier some stuff out but right now it's just going to be the same perks you'll still get access to the discord you'll still get early access to videos all that same kind of stuff uh just on a different platform for now uh, and the Patreon is not going anywhere, so don't like think you need to jump ship from Patreon to, to float plane or vice versa. However Please. you want to give me dollars is totally cool with me. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> uh, how's it going, John? It has how's been a day. Uh, has it? Has been a day. Uh, our One of our email companies decided to switch how they do security, uh, and so all of our emails all of our email server we had to go and change them all most of them are all on printers for the, that particular server we service we were using and if you've ever messed with printers and changing the email address on 20 different versions or types of printers it is annoying well john you know the the organizations that i used to work with yes try me as far as like oh, oh i had I, to I do know. 20 I, printers yeah <laughs> i know what you're talking about yours are probably though probably all the same brand yes yes yeah, for the most part mine are like six different brands it's because they're like well i need them a personal computer or i'm a personal printer so yeah. we go and buy them some cheap hp well i want one well canon was on sale so let's go buy canon you know oh we got rico over here oh okay there's a bunch of rico printers yep yep uh let's see here <laughs> Uh, Vladimir, Jeff, how's it going? Going pretty well. How about you? Uh, Carter, root beer thoughts. Are you asking for root beer recommendations or thoughts on you drinking root beer? I love root beer. Um, I don't remember the last time I've had like a, uh, a Henry Weinhardt's root beer. That used to be like my favorite root beer. Yeah. Um, I usually go for a Virgil's. They're kind of a lesser known uh, craft root beer. Uh, there's also Rogue. Rogue makes a Rogue makes killer root beer. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Who else is a smaller? Oh, there's always the Jones sodas. Go go with the Jones root beer. I've never soda. I've never had that. Really? 
Yeah, I used to really like Jones. I guess that was mm -hmm. like, although back when I was in high school, the sour apple. Yeah, uh, that was my go-to one. Yeah. All right. Well, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, I have a uh, Leviathan Brewing Company Tickle Parts. Tickle Parts. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that's hyphenated. It. Otherwise, I think that's an instant demonetization. <laughs> I can say tick and I can say coal, but not in conjunction with parts. So, so uh, let's see. Mosaic, Citra, and El Dorado, 7.1%. Okay. So nice. Kind of just a high, high, high ABV standard yep. IPA. All right, uh, I'm going to start with a beer that I don't think I've had on this show before, which is a little weird, but uh, nice local favorite, Total Domination IPA from Ninkasi. Oh, yeah, very good stuff. So, uh, this one is, I think it's around a 7%, 7 flat. Yeah, yeah six, I think so. 6.7. 6. Yeah. No, Ninkasi, like the variety pack is usually, you know, my go-to I need I need some IPAs. That's I need what I have in my IPA. fridge right now. I yeah. have the the Nenkasi Goat Pack. Yeah, it really is. Yep. There is some floaties. Yeah, that in or it's either that or the Stone IPA variety pack. Yeah, it's it's the Stone variety pack. I can only seem to find it at Costco. Uh, they carried it at Target of all places. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the one place I can reliably find it. Hmm. Yeah, Stone's always really good. Ninkasi. I usually, though, like the Ninkasi because they'll throw... Well, I, I, I want Dawn of the Red 90% of the time. So it's like, yeah, I, I want a couple of those. Yeah, exactly. And and the the Triceratops Tops is their double or, or... Yeah, I think so. And then they usually throw a seasonal in there. So Because yes. usually have like a four-pack variety. I think Stone's is only three. Uh, I've had the four pack, uh, I, they, they do a couple different packs. There's their IPA pack and that's a three-way variety. So that's got their, their classic IPA. That's got the fear movie lions. Yeah. The, yeah. That, that's their And then usually like the ruination their, their or, their or something yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Spikes, uh, having some tea. Love to see your three and a half hour drive just down the road to replace the burned down computer. Greetings from Portland. Hello. Hello, neighbor. Uh, you're just up the road as well. Yeah. <laughs> just down the street from the guy. You can go see him. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Skull, drinking a Revolution Brewing Anti-Hero IPA. Uh, pure whiskey for me, Ooh. says Carter. Uh, uh, well, what whiskey? You can't just leave it at that. Yeah. Is, is there a brand called Pure? Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I had one for Novella, but it got dropped down. Oh, Novella, Big Axe Brewing, uh, Guavatron. Uh, Guavatron, there you go. Uh, Guava and Strawberry Milkshake IPA, 7.9%. Ooh. Uh, I see that you are not hammered, but I'm here because you look wasted in the thumbnail. Well, that's weird because my thumbnail should just be the Craft Computing logo. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure how I'm already wasted. Uh... Let's see. Uh, Sprecher root beer says Lars. Uh, Sugar-free Swincher, Gatorade clone. Okay, cool. Mm. Um, Squincher. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Swincher. He missed a Q. Uh, that's Kildai or Kildy, as I like to call him. Um, let's see what else we got. Got our beers in there. I think that's all the beer that I'm seeing down there. 
yeah very cool uh lethal is drink having a dragon's milk mm. solid choice my friend oh uh and lars is having a bullet bourbon old-fashioned other personal favorite nice I like going for the rye for the bullet in the old fashioned, but I, I do appreciate a good bullet bourbon as well. Yeah. So both are uh, solid. Acceptable. Choices. Yes. Yes. Acceptable. <laughs> Me over here with my Canadian mist. <laughs> oh. Old fashioned. Oh. Yes. I have oh. to get rid of it. Ugh. If you're out of drain cleaner, that's an acceptable <laughs> substitute. I'm pretty sure I had like a shot of that the other day and I was like, I had the worst hangover ever. And I was like, I don't know how. I only had a shot and it had to have been just the impurities. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's it's hard to drink uh, poor quality spirits. Yes. Those are what gives you hangovers. Those and uh, highly sugarized which oftentimes is in uh, cheap quality spirits. They leave a lot of sugars in there. Yeah, or they'll just add adjuncts to it to, to blend to help make it smoother. Yep. Smirnoff whipped cream vodka. Guess what? Ugh. They added sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, hangover. All right. Uh, let's get into some news, shall we? Yep. Uh, so Intel has very quietly launched a budget-friendly killer CPU. Um, you heard that right. A sub $100 killer CPU. Uh, they have quietly released the Core i3-10100F. Now, this is a uh, this is based on their 10100, which is, if I recall, $135 or $140 for a four core, eight thread CPU with integrated graphics. Well, the F simply does away with the integrated graphics. And so if you're planning on adding a video card, um, then this is a pretty solid option for you. Uh, this is going to be somewhere between 80 and $95 yeah. for the CPU for four cores, eight threads. So think of where Intel was just two years ago <laughs> for like their top end offerings. Well, it's a um, uh, four core, eight threads, but also uh, you're looking at like a 3.6 gigahertz. 3.6 gigahertz base with a 4.3 turbo and only 65 watts. Yeah. So that right there is also very, very appealing. Right. Um, I mean, as great as the 1600 AF was when it launched at $85, um, that came and went just as quickly uh, as far as availability goes. Um, this CPU may be the new go-to for budget builds. And for single-threaded performance, this will beat a 1600 AF. Yeah. Um, and uh, $85, if you can pick one up for right around that price point, you can get a, uh, gosh, what are the motherboards now? The B365 or whatever. Gosh, I, I forget Intel's budget LGA 1200 <laughs> boards. No, actually, yeah, when I saw this, uh, that they released this, I was like, I, I'm actually very interested. I bet Jeff's probably going to do another budget B460. build. B460, okay. You know, another budget build. Or I, I was really intrigued that there's probably going to be a lot of budget computers out there that this is going to lower the market. And it's going to be really nice for the first time gaming PC person, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to build something cheap. I have 250 bucks. 
boom, you'll be able to buy this. You'll be and you'll be able to run really nice games with this. Yeah. Again, you have to buy a graphics card, but yeah. Yep. Um, so people are are mentioning the Ryzen 3100. Here's the problems with that. Is uh, is that one a? Okay, it is a seven nanometer. Um, see, when they launched the the 3400G and the 3200G, um, those were 12 nanometers, so they were still Zen Plus. You didn't get the single core performance boost that the the seven nanometer parts brought uh, to Ryzen, and they they had a they had an integrated Vega GPU, which was okay. You know, it's GT 1030 level performance. Um, but the problem is you could almost never find them. They were supposed to be a hundred and dollars but they were almost never in stock. Um, this chip may just beat a, um, I think it might have just enough extra performance that it will probably beat it both price and performance. Um, well, isn't isn't yeah? The only thing is like the catch isn't isn't as much. Yeah, that's basically you know. But like you said too, that it, as long as Intel keeps this in stock, mm -hmm. yeah, this will probably be the go-to. Right. Um, uh, American Cosworth says uh, E5 2678v312 core for seventy five dollars. That is certainly a good deal for multi-threaded performance. It is a terrible deal for gaming performance. Um, because you're talking Haswell architecture um, and a max boost of 2.7 all core, because that's a 2.5 gigahertz base. And I think it's only a 2.7 or 2.8 all core turbo. Um, and uh, I ran that chip for a couple of different years. Now, if you're gaming at 1440p, it levels it out a little bit, um, but yeah, you're you're lagging way behind in single threaded performance. Like think forty percent slower. I mean it's it's not a small gap. Three point uh, three point three is the max turbo speed single core, but your max all core turbo is somewhere around two point eight. And rarely in games will you actually achieve the single core turbo. Um now you can unlock all the turbos and get them to 3.3, but 3.3 is also 30 to 35% slower than 4.3. Yep. So again, gaming performance scaling across four cores, eight threads, the uh, the 10100F is likely going to be quite a bit faster. Uh, good morning and greetings from Germany. Uh, Can't even make sense of your username, but good morning. <laughs> <laughs> False username. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, um, I hope to actually get a hold of a a ten one hundred F here very quickly, and uh, I'd like to turn around a a build video with that because I think that might be the new budget killer. Um, and maybe yeah. I'll, I'll throw it up against the 3100 and see who wins. You know, that I think that might be a pretty interesting video. No, I, I'd, I'd really like to see something like that, too, because I constantly get asked, especially from guys at my work and their, their kids are getting older. They're like, mm -hmm. my kids are not interested in consoles anymore. They know PCs <laughs> are are just a lot better. I don't know what to do. I don't want to waste, you know, a thousand to twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. What's going to get them interested? 
and what's a budget build and actually one of them i even just basically did your old budget build yeah um and they loved it and i was like yeah great there you go you know um that was a the god how old is that video that's like two years old huh uh oh the the 220 dollar yeah pc yeah that's that intel that's three years old (laughs) yeah Eh, maybe two and a half i think it's two and a half but yeah, um, I mean, that still gets you a gaming a, computer. Yeah, um, it gets you a game. Well, again, too, it was for a 13-year-old boy who wanted to, basically, he just wanted to play Fortnite on a computer. Fortnite, Minecraft. And, yeah. yeah. You know, he's like, I want to play Fortnite. I want to do something like a 1030 will do. That That, that 1030 uh, micro did it perfect. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and then... Uh, Actually, it's a funny story that uh, <laughs> they ended up breaking it because I guess he uh, upset his father and did one of those things, you know, uh, like really, really upset his father and was disobedient. The dad did mm-hmm. one of those. If you do this, I'm I'm taking this away and I'm going to destroy this. Yeah. And he took the computer up and just chucked it down the street. And, <laughs> and then it ended up breaking it or bending it up because uh, you've had that case. That thing is a pretty solid case. Yeah. Um, he brought it back to me. He's like, can you fix this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I ended up I ended up salvaging most of it, but I think I ended up posting pictures. It basically broke the pin for the graphics card, uh, and that was it. So surprisingly, everything else held. I think I posted it on Discord a while back. Again, another reason to join Discord. There's so many interesting things that go on. That's right. <laughs> Not that John's shilling for me or anything. <laughs> no, why would I? Why would I do that? Yeah, he doesn't even get beer weekly anymore. <laughs> I know. Although the good news about that is, I don't have Jeff to drink doesn't beer, get beer weekly, weekly anymore. anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, someone asked if I could do a comparison video between a uh, a ten one hundred F and a thirty three hundred X. Unfortunately, those are going to be completely different price points, so I don't think the comparison really makes sense um you're looking at 130 dollars versus uh 85 dollars um and those when you get to that that level of budget it's like well it's only 30 dollars 30 dollars makes or breaks a budget build uh especially if you're changing platforms have different memory requirements 30 bucks means you can upgrade you know from a a 1650 super to a 5500 xt i mean that's the difference in a 30 dollar build so um it is a consideration. Um, so I don't think I'm gonna do that comparison. If the 3100 was supposed was a hundred dollars like it's supposed to be, I'd consider doing a 3100 versus a uh, a 10100F. Um, and in fact, I might try to do that anyway, just based on the retail cost, but I'm looking at Amazon right now and the 3100 is going for 122 bucks. So yeah, uh, I wonder what I'm gonna do there. Yeah, I mean, even like you said, it's a budget, that's a game isn't even listed on Amazon right now. Yeah. So. Oh, what else we got here? Uh, this one is a little bit of a follow-up to a story we talked about what feels like about three years ago now. I think back in April. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Foxconn was supposed to be building a factory Oh, yes. I remember In this. Wisconsin. Um, so the factory would have produced um, 
gosh, uh, OLED TVs, uh, monitors, monitors, um, a whole bunch of different different things for for Foxconn, but mainly they were going to be a monitor production facility. Um, and it was supposed to be a $3.2 billion facility um, and bring that much money and revenue into the state of Wisconsin. Um, and so they were going to be eligible for certain tax breaks, but they also had certain marks that they had to hit with this investment in order to either A, get those tax breaks or B, get approved to build at all. Um, and three years later, it seems like this deal is starting to fall through just a little bit. Um, so Foxconn was supposed to be pouring about $3 billion into the plant and they were supposed to hire, what was it? 550 full-time employees. Yeah. 520, 520. 520 yeah. And they claimed they had 550. That's right. They claimed they had 550, uh, according to tax records. However, they've only hired 280. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so according to the state of Wisconsin, they are not hitting that mark. According to Foxconn, they said, no, 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 we hired 550 full-time employees. Well, there's no tax documentation to back that, back that up. up. Um, also, according to uh, to this claim from Wisconsin, is that Foxconn was supposed to spend $3.3 billion by the end of 2019. Foxconn has only spent about $300 million, though. So they're missing the mark by, well, a, a couple lot. of zeros. <laughs> like at least three of them. I mean, they got the first number, right? Right. Yeah, they got <laughs> they got the point. They got everything after the decimal yeah. taken care of. Maybe they thought that was just like an error in the printer, like it it skipped. Yeah, running out of ink and the running out of ink, just like the, uh, the first so, three didn't show up. The first three just like, like someone like hit the printer right there. Yeah. <laughs> and it printed three twice somehow. It was an old inkjet. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Uh, $20, big, big spoon. Uh, I really like the collaboration you did with Linus tech, with that Linus tech guy, uh, or with Linus tech tips for that guy that lost his house. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, that video was a lot of fun to do. Um, it was a lot of fun getting to work with Linus, um, and, uh, meet some of the crew up there. Uh, it was stressful at times because we had to deal with, uh, uh, shipping across the border and, and all the things that, come with that um we had delays because customs opened the monitor and then there were issues getting it in because of tax reasons uh for the shipment and so we had to work all that out long story short we got it we got everything shipped got everything done uh got the pc delivered and uh and spencer is thoroughly happy with everything um he was you... very nervous being on camera but oh man the guy is a natural and and genuinely funny he was uh he was a lot of fun to work with how did you not give him like a free Patreon? <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what it really should have done. Been like, all right, you get this cool computer, but I got something special. Way to call me free, out on the air, John. Free Patreon. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll throw in. He can he can subscribe to my channel too. <laughs> he can do that. Go ahead. You give and you I'll, give, I'll, John. I'm, I'm just. I'll let him do that. I'll go ahead and do that. But no, that that was a lot of fun to go down there, um, and uh, that shot of me driving into to the that housing development and uh, and seeing all those houses burned. Number one, I was not expecting that, and me turning the camera on that was the first time I was seeing it as well. That was me pulling into that driveway for the first time, and uh, the silence was real. 
uh, I wanted to hear nothing but the sound of my tires over the road and and show that um, when I did the editing because in when I was recording that I was literally speechless I I had nothing to say there was nothing that I could have said that would have added or taken away from that moment yeah and it looked it looked really pretty surreal it was it was beyond surreal um, I've seen devastation from house fires before I've never seen an entire community leveled like that before. yeah um, and so that was quite literally shocking um, I mean, I'm, uh, I took a couple of laps around, uh, around that whole neighborhood and, uh, you're, you're looking around and you're identifying cars. Uh, in fact, there was a burnt out Toyota MR2 spider, a couple doors down from, uh, from Spencer's grandma's house. Um, it's like, I used to drive one of those cars. Yeah. I know what that car looks like. And, and here it is literally burnt down and the frame is resting on the ground because the wheels melted out from under it. I mean, it, uh, seeing manufactured homes and what remains of them and usually they have iron substrates that run down it seeing some of those literally melted in half or all mangled and twisted from the heat yeah um it was it was a wild scene um but i was so thankful to be part of that i was so thankful that i was able to help out in any in any way shape or form um thank you to linus and his crew for the uh the donation of the parts and uh that was a lot of fun, and I hope I get to do stuff like that again in the future. Collaboration or not. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the collaboration certainly helped, but, but uh, no, I did it because it was the right thing to do. So. Yeah. Well, you know, there's this uh, guy who I think pretty much destroyed his garage. Uh, you could probably help him like rebuild his garage because the flooring on it is horrible. He did a horrible job drywalling it. Um, yeah, it's just horrible. I mean, you might need to collaborate. You know, a couple months there. ago, his server died on him too. Yeah. And he had all kinds of, we should totally get him hooked up with a brand new FreeNAS server, you know, yeah. solve all of his problems at once. <laughs> Although I'm not grinding down a garage floor for Jason. <laughs> he's, a, he's a friend, but, but so are you, John. <laughs> Uh, friendship only goes so far. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, thank you, Spoon, for that. And uh, and thank you to everyone else, both on YouTube, Discord, etc. <clears throat> Anyone who reached out to me and uh, and said how much they enjoyed that video. Um, that was a lot of fun. And uh, and I'm like I said, I'm glad I was able to help. Uh, all right. Um, let's see, is there anything in chat here? Uh, there's a couple things going on. It's, it's pretty lively. Uh, oh, someone asked, should I, uh, my 290X, uh, AMD card is not holding up for me. Should I buy a 5700 XT or wait for the announcements? I personally, at this point, would wait for announcements. You're two weeks away. What do you got to lose? Um, I, I never recommend buying something right before an announcement, especially when another company's already made an announcement. We know the the 3070 is coming out, and uh, it's probably going to be not really in stock until the end of the year. Um, but $500 for that graphics card is going to be freaking insane. And depending on what AMD announces and what their stock levels are at, you might be able to jump in at $500 and get a card that either matches or bests the 3070 uh, for $500. The, the 5700 XT is a great card for between the four and $500 price point. 
but I'm afraid you might get a little bit of buyer's remorse if two weeks later something comes out for $300 for the same performance. So that's that's where I would caution you. Um, I would always get all the information first and then buy later because let's face it, you can probably game for a couple more weeks on your 290X. Yeah. You may not want to. You may be like, I need a new card. Trust me, I get that way all the time with hardware. But you know the announcement's coming. You know what's already been announced for the around the same price point that you're looking at. Wait a couple of more weeks, be patient, get the thing you want. Yeah, get the thing you want, it'll be in budget and you'll be able to buy something even shiny new if it is just as good as that you think it is. So, yeah, could save you some bucks, maybe not. But uh, I, I think that a little bit of time and patience will be good. Yes. All right, uh, it's about 8.30. Uh, how's your beer doing? Yeah, uh, a yeah. third. Boy, I'm well, drinking. Well, I, I had I had a 16. You had a 12. Mm. I guess that's true. So we're about even then. I mean, I could hurry up. I got no problem. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now I was just going. Should we open one now, or should we do it after the next story? So after the next story is totally fine with me. Okay. So, or in the middle of the next story. Or in the middle, whatever. That's fine. Wherever the opportunity presents itself. How's that? <laughs> All right, moving into our top story for the day, and that is uh, uh, Zen 3 processors were announced literally about 12 hours after we went off the air last week. So I'm the <laughs> I know. last outlet to talk about it. <laughs> I know, I saw that. I saw that Freaking the next Thursday morning, morning releases. <laughs> Don't they know who I am? I laughed so hard. I was like, wow. Only, if only Jeff had this yes last week, it would have been... A much better, more yeah. interesting episode. Luckily, I think the Radeon announcement is actually Wednesday morning, and so I'll be the first outlet to report on it. That'll so be that'll good. be good. Uh, but yeah, no, the the seventh kind of screwed me over. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess it was the eighth. It was the eighth and the twenty eighth. So, AMD Wednesdays or Tuesdays, you know, but preferably Wednesdays. Wednesday mornings. Yeah. Wednesday do morning, all your announcements then. Tuesday, Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. Wednesday night is too late. I mean, it'd be great if it was like breaking at like 6 p.m. Right. You know, Pacific Standard Time. That way we are literally the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That would be nice. Although I'd like time to digest it first. Yeah. So. Then to speculate. But, yeah. but anyway, big news of the week is AMD has officially announced Zen 3, a la their 5000 series processors. And. I'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant because uh, um, AMD had all the chance in the world to start to consolidate their naming schemes and instead they've just screwed them up entirely. And what I mean by that is the original Zen series, Zen 1 was the 1000 series of processors, made all the sense in the world. Then they went on to the 2000 series of processors and called it Zen Plus. And I understand it was a right, minor was, die shrink yeah. on the same exact platform, the same exact architecture. Um, and that makes sense to call it Zen Plus, but maybe just up your, your numbers by 20. You know, so instead of the, you know, 1600 and 1700, you had the 1620 and 1720. They're, they're yeah. bigger numbers, they're, they're plus CPUs, they're a little bit faster, but they're the same architecture. Then Zen 2 came out and they went to the 3000 series of names. And I went, well, that doesn't really make sense because it's third generation Ryzen 
Um, on the Zen 2 architecture. Third generation Ryzen on the Zen 2 architecture with a 3000 series name. Okay. All right. Well, what are they going to do for fourth gen? Well, at least they can stay and go to 4000. No. 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 Fourth generation Ryzen, Zen 3 architecture, 5000 series. And now it's even worse because their graphics cards are also 5000 series. So I cannot wait to put a 5600 XT and pair it with my 5600 XT. You mean 5600 X versus 5600 XT. <laughs> Bear in mind, yeah, the 5600 X CPU with my 5600 XT graphics card, yeah. but the XT <laughs> later came out with some of their CPUs as well. So there may be no stopping that. But it's like you had all the chance in the world to clarify it and to divide your two product names, and instead you just went like this with them. Well, and yeah. Well, it, it ticks me Zen, off. It's Zen three, fourth generation. Right. Model number five, five thousand. So three, four, five. Yeah, they just. Right. Oh, that works. Ugh. Yeah, just irritates me to no end. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Zen one architecture in mobile was two thousand series, so it wasn't even Zen plus. And then Zen 2, they jumped to 4,000 series. <laughs> With Zen Plus being 3,000 series in between. So mobile's been lagging a, a one, one letter number in front of the desktop series. Um, yeah, just frustrating. Frustrating from, from a standpoint of someone who does understand it and needs to repeat that information because all I'm going to end up doing is confusing a lot of my viewers when I talk about product names offhand. Yeah. Oh yeah, so we're talking about the 5600X today. The CPU, not the graphics card. Yes. <laughs> I know, oh. I know. Naming all these products off and especially off the cuff and always having to basically verify like what I'm actually talking about. Having to say the Ryzen 7 5800X or whatever, you know, and then the graphics card. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be super, super annoying. Although, although there is a plus side to this announcement is mm -hmm. I actually really like these processors. Oh, so do I. <laughs> um, there, There's no complaints in performance for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to add to that because, John, I don't know if you saw the outrage machine on Reddit. There's no outrage on the on the pricing standpoint for me either. No, not really. Uh, actually, cause I was gonna, I was trying to figure out what's gonna be the best one for mm -hmm. budget, bang for budget. I was like, really, it's it's hard to tell. Right. Because these are all really good bangs for your buck. Right. Um, so people are glossing over the fact that it's a 19% per core performance improvement. And they're saying, well, I'm not going to buy it because it's $50 more now. Who, who does Ryzen, who does AMD think they are? Yeah. Um, they're the new market leader. They are crushing Intel and bearing out benchmarks when independent benchmarks come out. They are crushing Intel with these numbers. Yeah. And yes, they're going to be 20 or 30 or 40 or $50 more expensive than the Intel counterpart. Do you know why? Because they're also 20% faster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, 20, 20, let's see. They're saying, at least on their specs, maximum 
was 29 percent that was on on laura croft or graphics mm-hmm. or something like that right but so a 29 percent jump a you know of of that that's huge on yeah. a, a, a on a, a processor yeah an average of 15 percent max boost of about 29 percent and the lowest was battlefield 3 went down by three <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but everyone's hopping mad because amd is charging $300 now for their six core 12 threaded processor. Well, it's six cores, 12 threads with 3.7 boost and a 4.6 max turbo. Yeah. Um, however, it's only 65 watts, which is still less power than Intel's drawing on their 14 nanometer plus, 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 plus architecture. Um, and yeah, it's going to be more expensive than the previous generation Ryzen. Although if you look at processors like the 3600X, which were $240 at launch, it's a $60 premium. You're right. But but what you're not having to do, like a lot of Intel jumps, is you're not having to buy another motherboard. Slots right into your X570 or exactly. B450 motherboards. Exactly. So that's where you're saving that extra 50 bucks, though. It's yep. like, hey, look, it's backwards compatible. You know, essentially. Yeah. And yes, I meant Battlefield 5. I think I said Battlefront. That's three. I, I thought, yeah, yeah, something like that. Battlefront 3 or Battlefield 3 or... Yeah. Again, naming. Battlefront five. Naming. <laughs> yeah. The, the one with the V. Yeah. Um. But uh, I'm not at all upset with these prices. And if you have half a brain, neither will you be. Um. Not that I think Reddit only has half a brain. I think it's less than that. Uh, <laughs> sometimes. That, that sometimes. Low right there. You guys. You guys it. are great. You guys are great. Most of the time. Um, it's like but one out I, of every 10,000. But this goes hand in hand with the outrage machine I was talking about last week about the capacitors and, and capacitor gate and about the MSI selling four graphics cards. And people are so willing to just jump on that hate train and ride it with no thought at all. Um, AMD is no longer the plucky little upstart competitor to Intel that they played for the last decade. Yeah. Um, AMD is now the market leader. They can charge a premium. Do you know why Intel got away with charging a premium for over 10 years? Because they were the market leader. Because where else were you going to go? What other CPU were you going to buy that matched a 9980XE at $2,000? The answer was there wasn't one. And and in all honesty, the the proof is actually just like what we were talking about earlier. What just exactly what you said? Intel literally launched a budget CPU. Right. I was like, Intel oh, is now yeah. the plucky upstart and the yeah. budget friendly competitor. Yeah. And you know how freaking weird that is to say. <laughs> I mean, I, that, yeah, it's super weird. Like, oh, Intel's got this. I mean, it's really pleasant because you're like, Intel's got this history. And I, I can, it's, it's it's like getting that really rare beer. And they're like, Pliny the Elder. Well, it's it's nationally distributed. Like, oh. Oh, and it's owned right. by Budweiser. Oh. oh. But it's still Pliny the Elder. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> um, AMD can charge a premium because what else are you going to buy that matches that? Yeah. Um, and AMD has priced their, their CPUs very reasonably throughout the years. Um, you know, since the start of Ryzen. My very first live show, episode one of Talking Heads, we talked about the announcement of first-generation Threadripper. So in 153 episodes, we've gone from 
AMD is launching a workstation class CPU for $1,000 with 16 cores and 32 threads. That looks to kind of upset the market a little bit because the closest thing you can get right now on the Intel side of things was with 18 cores and, and uh, 36 threads is the 7980XE, and that's $2,000. So here's AMD coming in for half the price, giving you similar multi-threaded performance, you know, maybe 15% down, but they're in the conversation at least. Yeah. And, and you know, they're a budget-friendly option. And the Ryzen 7 1700 at 299 um, or 399 when it launched at $400 was the budget-friendly option to Intel's offerings that were $1,000. Um, no, it wasn't as fast. And it was the budget option. The 5950X at 799 is no longer the budget option. It is the best option. It is the best consumer CPU that has ever been made. And you know what? They can charge you $50 more if they damn well please. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, yeah, it, it's not bad. Because what? Intel was charging 12 15 for their top performance stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, actually, yeah, we, we talked about that over the years as well, uh, about uh, when Ryzen came onto the scene, Intel's six-core offering was $600. Yeah. Their eight-core offering was $1,000. That's how much it cost you to get an eight-core processor three years ago. Yeah, exactly. And Just three are, years. And people are going to complain about uh, $800. And now $800. you're complaining... Now you're complaining about a $50 price increase from $750 to $800 for a 16-core, 32-threaded processor with a 4.9 gigahertz max turbo that only draws 105 watts <laughs> that decimates yeah. everything Intel has. You're complaining about $800 now. This is what competition brings. Yep. This is what we wanted. This is the end result of AMD taking the lead and you know what it's still a hell of a lot better market than it was three years ago because i think we've been a little spoiled in the cpu market over the last three years with intel finally dropping their prices down to more reasonable levels i won't say they've reached reasonable levels because they in my opinion they still haven't um especially because they're they're simply recycling skylake again and again and again um Wait. Yeah, you can scroll. Yeah, you can scroll down uh, into that article, and they even show uh, all the different price points for the, the Ryzen nine, uh, 9 50, 59, and where they're 50X stacking up against, against Intel. Intel. And you know, it's a thirty or it looks like a twenty dollar difference for the i i nine i nine ten eighty nine zero xe cost ten nine eighty xe. Thank you. Jeez. How's that for a freaking stupid name? I know. But, and then you look at the wattage, Which too. is actually just a 7980XE. You, so you look at the, uh, Oh, the wait, boost. no, it's soldered. So it needs a new name. So you got a base of 3.0 and a top of 4.8, still lower, yep. and a wattage of 165. Right, 165 watts. And 25 megs of cache versus 64 megs of L3 cache. Oh, and 105 watts. Oh, and did we mention this will be faster in every single benchmark that it goes yeah. against? Oh, and then you look under that, and the next two ones that are competitive are both the next two Ryzen's right. before Intel even goes into the picture. Yep. Well, to be fair, there's also the 10960X and the 10920X that they didn't list because oh. those are also $800. Intel simply dropped the price of the 10980XE because no one was buying it at $1,000. And that should tell you something as well. Yeah. 
So yeah. Anyway, expected <laughs> expected performance is going to be quite literally off the charts. Um, AMD is going to set records. AMD is going to set overclock records. AMD is going to set single-threaded and multi-threaded records. Um, and that's even if the benchmarks are half as good as they're promising. Um, this is this is the next generation leap. This is the leap we've been looking for since about 2015, 2016, since Intel started recycling Skylake year over year over year um, and giving us, you know, 3% improvements. Um, this is the generational leap we've been waiting for, for almost five years. Yeah, and this, I don't care if it's $50 more because no, this, it's competitive. Yeah, this is this is a Intel literal crusher. I mean, like you said, when you first started, we were talking we were talking about Ryzen, and we've always said, oh, it's, it's the budget Intel killer. This mm -hmm. is a Intel killer. Right. Literally, this will crush Intel. This right. Any fanboy has anything to say is now just set aside yep lars said if it were you would you build a 10900k or a ryzen 9 5900x um number one i don't have the 5900x in hand but what i can tell you is 5900x has two extra cores and will likely be faster in every single metric single threaded and multi-threaded and it's going to cost roughly the same within 20 bucks 5900x because i know what the 10900k is going to get me it's going to give me a 5.1 fully overclocked from a 4.8 max turbo. Uh, it's going to draw 190 watts when overclocked to 5.1 um, because Intel's TDPs are grossly misleading because uh, they give the TDP at the base clock, not at the turbo or overclocked clocks. Whereas with the Ryzen, it'll draw 105 watts when it's doing 4.9 on all cores. And they've stated that too. Yep. That's the max TDP, not the base TDP. Um, so you like your room hot? Well, double your, your wattage output and there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. What, what you, what you end up say or spending on that $50 in CPU you save on your power supply. Right. And cooler. You don't need as good of a cooler. Yeah. You can cool 105 Watts with a good chunk of air coolers out there. Not even closed liquid coolers. Not even CLCs, AIOs. Just get a, a Dark Rock Pro 4, Noctua NHD 15, uh, an Assassin 3, uh, uh, Fuma 2 from Scythe. Uh, the list goes on about fantastic air coolers for 80 bucks versus what do you need to cool down a 10900K? <laughs> a fully liquid system. <laughs> uh, a, a 280 rad or a 360 and a really good pump something that's not going to break down and die because of heat. So again, wait for benchmarks, independent benchmarks. Don't trust AMD because they might've slanted the benchmarks in their favor, just like every other company on the planet does. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, but... you go, you go look, they, they cherry picked. Uh, yeah, they cherry picked. And mm -hmm. so, but I don't know. I'm I'm betting because the last uh, set of Ryzen's were pretty close on par from what they stated everything yep. was going to be. So that gives me a track record of I I kind of believe them. Mm -hmm. Snowman, I think the snowman might be a little under equipped if it were me. 
Um, the Snowman's a great budget cooler, but that's like saying, yeah, the Hyper 212 Evo is the best cooler ever. It's a fantastic cooler that hits well above its $30 weight class. It is not a $90 cooler, though. So I like the Snowman. Don't get me wrong. I like the Snowman. Then an NHU-12, uh, an NHD-15, uh, an Assassin-3, a Scythe-Fuma-2, uh, those are a different class of coolers. And they're priced accordingly. If you're going to spend $550 on a CPU, spend the extra 50 bucks on a cooler. My advice. Dang. Me too. <laughs> you went on your rant. That wasn't even a rant. Well, no, but earlier before, and I was earlier, drinking during but the rant. I thought I that drank, was pretty I, minor. No, no, no. Oh, hey, it was. I still drank through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is just rant. This is drinking time. All right, cool. So, total domination, if you've never had it, classic dry, danky, grassy Northwest IPA. Oh, yeah. I, I, I would say if you're looking for classic Northwest tasting IPAs. Yeah. Both early, stone, early 2000s. Early yeah. 2000s. Both Stone and Ninkasi. Yes. Um, and, Ninka, and both are independent and yes. widely distributed. But I think Ninkasi is basically just the Northwest. Yeah. If I if I'm not mistaken, maybe yeah, they, they have a smaller distribution. Smaller distribution, I believe Oregon, Washington, maybe. Although some... are they are they in the CBA, the Craft Beer Alliance? No, they are not. Remember, okay. they they started their own. That's right. I I couldn't remember if they were joining with Woodmer or starting their own or if yeah, they they, had... they started their own. Yeah, uh, I forget what what company it was called. American how they called it. something. Yeah, um, but yeah, they yeah. they basically started their own to protect themselves <laughs> from being bought up. Yep. So they're they're part of a community, but a very small one. Yep. Uh, Dark Arc Pro Four and a Pure Base 500 DX was already the plan. See, there you go. Um, I have a 3900X. I want to sell it and get a 5600X. Um, no, don't. Quite honestly, don't. You've already invested in a 3900X, $500 processor. Um, why would you jump up to you're not going to get Zen your money 3, back. Yeah. You're going to get 15% boost in some games, but you're going to lag way behind in multi-threaded performance because you're going from 12 cores to 6. Um, and quite honestly, you're only going to get 350 in return for your 3900X once once Zen 3 launches officially on November 5th. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't make that trade if you're purely after a gaming standpoint. Um, if you're, and even if you're after a workflow standpoint, that's a terrible trade. Don't trade 12 cores for six to jump one generation of CPU. I've said that multiple times, regardless of the platform. Um, it can cover some of the cores lost, but it's only a 15% boost and you're talking about a 50% loss. So you're gonna be at what, 60% the performance in multi-threaded as your last one? Keep the keep the 3900X, don't, don't generation hop. Wait at least two generations. I'm gonna go grab my beer. Sweet. <laughs> so I need to heat the heat my garage this winter. So dual 59, <laughs> 5690X uh, retro build. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because the computer sitting right next to me uh, is a PC that I originally built back in, I think 2011, maybe 2012. 
and upgraded in 2014. Um, it is my uh, my second X58 build, and this has a 5690 in it. Um, and so I will be uh, I'll be showing this off on the channel as the PC I always wanted to build back then. Um, so think Jeff's 2014 dream PC. I'm gonna do a video on that. So Jeff, straight out of in college, Jeff. College, dream... Jeff. 2014. Oh. Uh, uh... I'd already owned a house and been married for six years. <laughs> no, eight years. So Shit. See, hang on. So that would be. <laughs> wow. Jeff yeah, I'd have been married John. for eight years in 2014. <laughs> See, wait, no, Jeff's about to meet John, builds his PC. <laughs> uh, John, we met in 2010? Was it? Yeah, it, it's been 10 years. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, 2010. Oh my gosh. When we met. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Back to your old strawberry ale days. Shut up. <laughs> what are you drinking, John? Uh, I... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make that as another video. Be like, I'm gonna make this beer again. <laughs> Chunky strawberry. Chunky strawberry. Uh I am drinking um Anchorage. Uh nervous. It is a double uh double IPA brewed with cashmere and strata hops. So really like the uh cool it's got this uh, kind of almost a uh, cowboy bebop skull kind of guy on it. So, John, really I'm glaring glad. at you right now because you're opening an, an Anchorage. Oh, I, you know, I have two of these. That's the only reason why I, I got I'm this. I'm glaring at you right now. Hey, you, you know open that. plenty of good beers. You know what? Now I want to go to my fridge because what I had planned just doesn't sound good anymore. I don't know if this is good. John, it's probably, it's I know. It, 90% is. God, it looks like Sunny D. Oh, it smells fantastic. Ooh, that, oh, I'm glad I got two cans of this. Yeah. Well, you're bringing one over, right? Is John I mean, in 2020 I, I, the same as John in 2010? Actually, I told John tonight he looks exactly <laughs> he, like he did the day I met him. <laughs> this is a Oh, my God. Yep. Um, this is, this will there is, be a Zen 3 for Threadripper? Of course there will be a Zen 3 for Threadripper. No, they're just going to do away with Threadripper because we've already beat Intel. Why do we need to pound them into a pulp? Because we need to pound them into a pulp. That's what Threadripper is going to do. I think 64 cores of Zen 3. This is like if if IPAs and Trick Cereal were put together in a perfectly balanced beer. It is super fruity. It's like that fruity tropical sweet. But it, it's not like super tropical sweet. It's just that fruity, but you taste all these different fruit notes. Mango, uh, 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 lemon, lime, pineapple, uh, dragon fruit, you know, passion fruit, and they're all perfectly there. And so it's just like having a scoop of, um, you know, trick cereal where you have all those different fruit flavors in there. Yeah. And you just open it up it's like, oh, this is perfect. Perfect. Nice. Nice. This, this is a 4-2. Four two five, easy. Okay, nice. Um, so I started off with the total domination, um, and I figured I'm Make gonna it. go with the juicy domination, which is their juicy version of the same beer. Oh yeah. I don't know why it's not focusing anymore. Come on, Sony. Um, 
Yeah, so the Juicy Domination IPA, uh, which is a 6.3, so slightly lighter ABV. Um, so yeah, anyone have any other Zen 3 thoughts before we move on to uh, the next topic? Because the next topic... We're going to go, and we're not going to stop. <laughs> yeah. warning you. If there was an opposite of rant, <laughs> there was a... Do I need to change the red oh, alert oh, graphic really that. quick? Even, even Skull. I hit it on the nose. Skull said 4-2 yeah. uh, on untapped, and yeah. that's exactly what I gave it. Nice. Uh, what did the, uh, the, the juicy domination get? That's what I want to know. Uh, I think that gets gonna, a high three. I was gonna say a low three if it's me because no, I've had this before. I think it gets like a, a three six five three six nine. I'm remember correctly. I'm gonna say a th I'm gonna say a three three. Three seven four. Okay. Um, see, to me, this is kind of a step back from the domination. Which is, in my opinion, it's not quite as good as the Domination IPA. Um, it's good, but stupid Sony. For some reason, my Sony uh, ZV-1 is not wanting to focus on me. I think I have it in automatic mode, but it's like freaking out. The focus has been freaking out all night. So I think I have it in the wrong mode or something. It's, well, it's funny is the total Domination, mm -hmm. 373. So a little bit smaller. <laughs> Zero point point zero one points lower. Yeah. So. So. Uh, but no, I I agree. The total domination is a fantastic beer. Yeah. Although me, it has also a lot more vote, votes. Yeah. To me, this is just an okay juicy though. It's not. That's great. not. I mean, like you compare the color mm -hmm. to my juicy to your juicy. Right. And it just doesn't compare. No, doesn't compare. Right. Um. With or without the light shining directly on it, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wait, was Lower Decks finally out? Uh, the series finale was last week. Yeah, yeah. That's why we're we're talking about it tonight. That and there was no other news to talk about. No, there. Like we scoured for two days of like, there's nothing to talk about. Yep. Uh, super chat. Super chat from you me. Uh, five dollars. Uh, you, me, you. Uh, should I wait for third-party reviewers for the Ryzen 5000 series processors? Kind of worried because of how Nvidia's launches went. I always say, wait for independent reviews. Yeah. Um. So the Zen 3 release is not just a a step release of Zen 2. Zen 3 is a from the ground up rebuild of Zen. Um. It's uh, they they. To this point, Zen, Zen Plus, and Zen 2 have been based on the same exact architecture, layout, silicon, etc., except for the 14 to 12 to 7 uh, nanometer FinFET drop. Um, this one is still on the 7 nanometer FinFET, but it's a complete rebuilding of the architecture from the ground up. Um, one of the things they did was allow the uh, the cache, both sets of cache, to be read by both sets of cores. So there's still an I.O. die controlling everything, but now the cores on uh, chiplet 1 can read the cache from the dies on chiplet 2. Um, and that dramatically improves latency, and that's where your 19% IPC improvement comes from. Um, 
so if the technology works out the way AMD says it will work out, and if the benchmarks work out the way they say they will, um, this is going to be a revolutionary jump. Um, but I still always say, wait for independent reviews. Yes. Be smart about your money. If you want to try it just to try it and you got that cash to throw around, cool. If you've been saving up for a year to buy a rig, wait another freaking two weeks, have patience, and then buy it. Once the reviews come out and once you're satisfied with what those reviews say. That's my recommendation. It's my recommendation for everything every time there's a new product announced. Wait until someone reviews it. If you agree with said review and you trust said review and you've looked at multiple reviews and and you're happy with what they all say, and you are happy spending X amount of money, go spend the money. Yeah, don't just if go you're not, without don't. one review. <laughs> right. Don't just trust me. I'm an idiot. Uh, don't don't so. just trust that review guy who has like 30,000 sponsors in front of him and like, I got this in the mail today. Oh, this is right. fantastic. Well, see you guys later. <laughs> I do more than that. <laughs> some credit. Not all the credit, just some credit. All right, it is nine oh two. All right, so we get time so for we can we <laughs> yeah it, it, we, you need a whole nother marquee for just uh, I do for Star Trek talk I, as if this one didn't sell it enough. I know, right? <laughs> is there like a holodeck? What can we ten forwards? Oh, you yeah. need to make a ten forward one. You know, we could like change our backgrounds in in Zoom. That would be really something. cool. Yeah. <laughs> We should, we should, we need to start getting organized here. Um, like how we're going to talk, putting in the notes. All right. This time hit this zoom background. Well, hold on a second. Um, jump me full screen. I'm going to kill your window. Ah, I can pull it over to mine. I don't have another monitor up today, so it's kind of tricky to see. Yeah, what I'm doing I don't here. know. Uh, choose virtual background. Do I still? Oh no, I don't have them loaded on this one. No. Ugh. I had like everything. I had all the bridges. I had holodeck. I had engineering. Well, I had... There was that one night like we first did Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> we were just constantly doing it. Yep. So anyway, I don't have the backgrounds. All but... right. Well, next time. Star Trek talk. More specifically, lower decks. More specifically a season recap review and spoiler cast. If you have not watched The Lower Decks, we will be talking about it with spoilers. Uh, yes. We will give away plot points. We will give away the ending to, to season one. So if you want to save that, stop watching us now. I apologize. And put me back on the screen. You're already back on. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, I think you should dress up in full Star Trek garb. Um, did you not watch a couple of Halloweens ago when I showed up in a full Star Trek uniform? Yeah. Have you not seen him like open, do unboxings with his Batleth or, or that, that was Rhett dancing around. There was that one time. Yeah. That was you're... Rhett dancing with the Batleth. That was me with the Doc Tog. <laughs> yeah. Op opening stuff. Yeah. Well, I thought you opened one with a uh, Batleth, didn't you? I think yeah. I opened a desk with the Batleth. Yeah. If I remember right. Yeah. All right. So, or do you not see the uh, Klingon blood wine in Jeff's background? Right. It's, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Star Trek Lower Decks. Um, let's start with like overall thoughts. All what right, did I, we think about it? I, I actually have a, a couple things or uh, uh, what one thing I okay, will say. Because this is a full new medium for Star Trek. They've yes. done an animated series before, 
but that was 40 years ago. Yeah. And, this is uncharted territory. So, um, <laughs> especially I, not taking themselves seriously yeah. and making fun of themselves. Uh, I'm going to start off really quick before there's spoilers. I'll go with episode one mm -hmm. and or, or not even just episode one, just the first two minutes of the season. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the intro. Yes. Really enjoyed the intro. Really, actually, I really appreciated the music that they went with. Uh, thought it was very um, um, reminiscent of the original, not original series, but the, the ones that we remember as the original, you know, the early 80s and 90s and early 2000s. Uh -huh. Very or orchestratic type things to where then the enterprise had lyrics and, and a rock band singing yeah and then discovery kind of tried to go back it just didn't didn't quite mesh even picard's intro was a what was was better it was a lot better but still wasn't as right. anything but i really like this as it yeah, almost I, felt I thought i thought picard's intro really suited picard yeah um, because i mean it's a it's a series about him yeah. and so i thought the intro to Star Trek Picard sold that. Um, I think you're right. Enterprise was a little weird. Discovery tried to kind of pull it back a little bit, but it's still, I don't think quite fits uh, with what Star Trek has traditionally been. And I don't think the intro for Discovery fits what Discovery is trying to be. Yeah. Um, versus Lower Decks, I think they freaking nailed it. I what we're talking about is the cinematic... Um, you know, spaceship flying through space credit roll yeah. in the beginning. And, and um, what I love is the more you actually watch it, and, and so there's the orchestratic part of it, which is, I think, a really good, uh, you know, uh, arrangement. But then the visuals are almost making fun of all the other previous series. Yes. Because there's all these scenes or, or very similar parts, but then somehow the, the spaceship messes up or, or you know something catastrophic mm -hmm. is going on there's this beautiful sun or a black hole and they get sucked into it <laughs> you know uh there's this scene where they're floating then they're over. scraping on the asteroid yeah, that's one of my exactly. favorites just like just like voyager you know but yeah. then they start scraping on it um <laughs> there is the they're they're flying by and then you see this alien sucking on their warp core, their, their warp nacelle, <laughs> just like yeah. in, uh, you know, TNG. The uh, intro is great. The um, intro is great. I was like, this is perfect. It got me sold on that. And it, and it sells the brand of comedy that they're, that they're selling. Yeah. It, it really does. Um, I love that they're not taking themselves seriously. In fact, they're also not afraid to make fun of everything within Star Trek. Um, you know, uh, the, the opening scene is uh, is Boimler talking with Mariner, and Mariner is drunk on Romulan ale. And yeah. he goes, isn't that illegal? And she goes, well, yeah, that's why it's, or it's awesome. That's why it's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's like, oh, I found this Batleth. You know, I want what, beat a Klingon to death and, and want it. And he goes, is that dried blood? And she's like swinging it all around. And the ending to the scene is she like cuts the front of his shin off. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and they're both looking at it and go, ah, and then it cuts to the intro. Yeah. Oh, and it's like wonderful. That's, that's wonderful. It's like, oh, that that's perfect. That is that is quintessential. Mm -hmm. Uh that's what I want, you know, all of these um almost seems like fresh cadets mm -hmm. that got the crappy jobs that got stuck, you know, that that yeah. 
graduated bottom of the class, essentially, right. that are that are trying to work their way up. So the ones that got top class but got the worst picks, you know. Yeah. Type of um, thing. And and the Cerritos is not the Federation flagship. It is not the the space station that's out on the front lines defending the wormhole, you know, overseeing peace negotiations between Bajor and Cardassia. It's not a ship that's been flung to the outer reaches of space. It's a lower tier support vessel. Yeah. Um, and so you've got lower deckers serving on the Cerritos with a captain who isn't respected as much as, say, Captain James T. Riker, or, you know, William T. Riker of the, uh, uh, Titan. Of the Titan, or Jean-Luc Picard of the Enterprise, or, yeah. you know, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I, I love that basically the, their prime mission is, and I love how they do it, is second contact. Second contact. So they're they're the one that finalizes all the print on the negotiation, the treaties, and the negotiations, mm -hmm. and everything. So they go a couple months after all the big ships and famous ships, and then they are like, we're the support team, right? And I thought that was actually pretty clever because there was always a lot of there was a couple episodes of miscommunication of how that species works or yeah. uh, type things. The intros uh, were very good and very clever with that. So I yes, that. absolutely. Um, so the very first episode is called Second Contact and they're making second contact with the species. And Mariner is um, sending down supplies and uh, is that the one where she was selling the supplies to the... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, uh, okay, yeah. Something like that, I think so. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, so they're making second contact with the species. Well, uh, they're also not supposed to involve themselves in the affairs of the species or give them technology or anything like that. They're simply supposed to say, hi, we exist, we acknowledge you exist, welcome, kind of thing. Um, well, they didn't have very good farming equipment and everything was in a drought, and so Mariner was beaming down supplies off the Cerritos to, to give the people, and Boimler is the stand-up, you know, officer, by-the-books kind of guy. Trying, and, trying to uh, go up the ranks. Right, and, uh, you know, trying to, you know, follow rank and file, and uh, and he ends up getting sucked on by some alien for the duration of it, loses his uniform, ends up standing naked in the middle of a field, and... Uh, plays on the whole whole comedy aspect of it um and i thought episode one was fantastic i, yeah. I thought it it did a great job introduced yeah captain james t Riker. thank you i'm not the one who made them share a, a middle initial that was poor thinking on the on behalf of the gene roddenberry so. <laughs> yeah i said it <laughs> well actually you know i don't know if he had a middle name in the first three seasons did he um Riker? what wasn't it Tiberius Tiberius? James Tiberius Kirk. Yeah. So yeah. and then that one but what was Riker's? It was William T. Riker. But what was the T? I don't Thomas. remember. It was Thomas. Thomas. It was Thomas. It was Thomas. That's right. Duh. Duh. <laughs> There's a whole other character. Mr. Transporter clone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thomas. Okay. Lieutenant Thomas. Uh, former Federation officer, Lieutenant Thomas Riker, now Maquis, and he, now Cardassian and Dominion prisoner. Yes. He <laughs> could have escaped and done his time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but so uh, Mariner and then ends up, we also find out that during episode one that she is the uh, daughter of the captain. 
And so she's kind of being bounced back and forth because uh, her father is also a captain of a more- an admiral. Or an admiral. And, yeah. and uh, but he's also part of like a, a pretty, uh, I believe he's on a pretty famous ship or, you know, one of the more important ships. Yeah. And so she bounces back and forth between them. And so it was more of a punishment to go to this ship. <laughs> type of a thing um so she's she's the seasoned uh uh starfleet officer that knows everything but doesn't want to rank up and just wants to goof off all the time because she loves just like the cool um you know bootleg stuff you can get yeah um which we find out later she gets from Riker, (laughs) which is hilarious (laughs) spoiler yeah spoilers uh Deanna going, we're going to talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, communication. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was great. Yeah, um, that was, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought episode one was really, really good. Um, we also meet a couple side characters. There's a, not a cyborg, but a, 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 an engineer who has an implant. I forget these characters' names. Rutherford. Actually. Rutherford. Um, there is a... Um, what are those gr- uh, green aliens that always steal people, the slaves? Uh, Orions. Orions, yes. There's yeah. an Orion that's a, a medic. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Tindy. Tindy, yeah. I believe is her name. So those are those are the four main characters, essentially. Jeez, I came prepared. <laughs> oh, my sorry. My bad. Whatever. So, um, I, so overall, overall, I thought uh, the series was, was pretty good. Um... Yeah, there, there were some hit and mitts. I, I think this is a, a really good... I, I had a lot of fun with this series. Um, I thought it was a very good introduction. I thought some of the best humor is actually... You have to... One, you have to know Star Trek. You really have to know your Star Trek lore. And it's the background stuff. Yeah. You you watch a lot of the background stuff, and a lot of the jokes are actually in the background or the scenery of what's going on. This particular alien, you have to understand this alien race of where they came from in the Star mm-hmm. Trek universe to really understand what's going on. Yeah. Uh, like like the second episode, she has to transport a a Klingon ambassador, and he gets really drunk because mm-hmm. Klingons love to drink and she's also buddies with them. So they go on this drinking rampage, but then they get hung over and can't find them. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, there's a lot of really cool things uh, in there. There's, there there, a- there's a whole bunch of references to um, eras gone by in Star Trek. Um, I think in episode nine, uh, Rutherford was being attacked by the Gorn at one point. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was at a Gorn wedding. Yeah. He was at a Gorn wedding. Um, uh, what else did they do? Um, oh, they, uh, uh, I think in the beginning of that episode, um, they were making second contact with a species that was originally seen in the original series. Yeah. The, 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 it was like, um, some farming old Western community that had a, a computer. Right. Um, yeah. They were, they were worshiping the computer and they're like, you know, you don't have to worship the computer. You know, yeah. and they're like, you not well, to it's do just this. so nice and, and comforting. Right. right. Exactly. Well, they beam back on the ship and, uh, and the first officer is talking to the captain and he's like, yeah, it's always nice to make second contact back from the, those old, uh, TOS guys. And TOS is the original series. Um, and uh and she's like tos and he's like yep that's what i call them those old scientists yeah 
completely yeah. just making fun of the nomenclature. But oh, oh. So, yeah. Speaking it, of, it's making, all kinds of references like that. Speaking, speaking of uh, making fun of, is there was I was like episode uh, five or six where they get captured and they have to do this. This uh, Meredith and the first officer get captured and they have to do a, a fight to the duel. But they introduce like double hand punch and the first officer like constantly refers to like the double hand punch as this the ultimate uh fighting maneuver that like yeah just obliterates everyone uh, <laughs> yeah uh, uh. it's like oh my gosh that's hilarious yep <laughs> um gosh and yeah the uh we'll just call it the tension we will say the unspoken tension between uh mariner and uh and the first officer yeah. Uh, Ransom, I guess his name is. Um, yeah, in the, in that episode, they, they hate each other because, you know, Ransom is... He likes to be rank and file, but at the same time, he also likes to break the rules. But Mariner just, you know, blatantly breaks the rules and he doesn't like that. And during that whole episode, they were uh, imprisoned together. And, and every time the other one walked off the screen, they're going, wow, that was kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, so it was a, a, like uh, a 10, nine, 10 episode season. Mm-hmm. I would say like six or seven episodes were really good. Yes. Two, two or three were like, eh. yeah, yeah. There really wasn't a bad one. In fact, they probably did the best with what they could with a holodeck episode. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, oh, I know the, the killer holodeck. Uh, so. I'm badgy. <laughs> yeah. Which, well, by the way, was voiced by uh, by McBrayer. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I know who I know who it is. Jack McBrayer. Jack McBrayer. Yeah, he does a lot of. Stuff. I mean, you know, he's the same voice all the time. So yeah. it's just him. You know what yeah. it is. But yeah, it's hilarious. It's like a a training video because they don't. Um, uh, she one of the officers doesn't remember how to do um, spacewalking. Yeah. And uh, so, would you like some training today? Yeah, and, exactly. and then they turn off the holiday or the holodeck safety fail. Holo- yeah, now... just just like classic Star Trek, something goes wrong somewhere else, and so all of the safety features turn off. On right, the, holodeck. the safety features turn off, and all of a sudden, Badger goes, "Would you like me to kill you today?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I think it was like episode two or three. There was the the zombie fight. Uh, oh yeah the like throughout the whole entire deck or the whole entire uh mm-hmm. spaceship i thought that was hilarious of how they had to like fight their way through everything uh and then they had to even go on a spacewalk yeah um referencing uh like t or the movie first contact and everything yeah. like that uh oh, it was hilarious yeah there's a that lot of just good. subtle um, references let's see probably my favorite reference and actually novella hub brought it up before i could get to it um but uh thank you for Nova, Novella hub for the five dollar donation but uh wolf three five five nine was an inside job oh yeah yeah that are you are you meaning to tell me that the most decorated starfleet captain of all time just happened to be on the ship that was attacking wolf 359 and drove it into oblivion <laughs> 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 a reference to Picard being assimilated by the Borg and blowing up uh, the space station at Wolf 359, in which Cisco was serving as a commander and ended up having his wife Jennifer killed on that station, um, as well as numerous starships. Um, yeah. Or I guess it was Sector Wolf 359. It was the battle that took place at Wolf 359. Um, 
But yeah, Wolf 359 was an inside job. And then he also, uh, uh, changeling, changelings aren't real. And uh, the Dominion War was something something as he walked off screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was in the season finale. Um, and uh, I thought they did a really good job at sprinkling in the references for comedic effect, but still yep. telling their own stories, not going back and just rehashing something that's been done time and time again. And in fact, they made fun of those things that were just rehashed time and time again. Yeah. Um, they made fun of Q. Um, oh gosh, yeah. A couple and of different times. Which they actually brought back. Uh, right, on, John Delancey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and original outfit of Q too. Yeah. That was uh, episode one. Putting humanity one. on trial. Yeah. <laughs> not now, Q. <laughs> Oh, you're not as fun as I don't have time for your, for your cute bullshit right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're not as fun as Jean-Luc. <laughs> oh, come on, Mariner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of good good references on that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and not, I, not, only, not only the reference where they brought him back, but the references they talked about him. Yeah. Um, where uh, the Q, there was a Q and he did it. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I think where at she, one point. Uh, uh, that that one the one officer kept like uh, making excuses. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no. Overall, I thought it was very very well done. Um, when it was first announced, I was a little, I was anxious. I was not anticipating greatness. Um, quite honestly, I think episode for episode, probably better than Picard. And I only say that because my my overall feeling of Picard was B minus C plus because I felt like it was six episodes stretched into ten. Yeah. And it it should have been shorter. It should have been a miniseries. It should have been three two hour shorts. You know, first act, second act, third act. Instead, we got a couple of episodes just drawn out. Um, the whole reunion with Elnor. The whole um, yeah the 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 parent situation with uh, with Rafi going to the space station and seeing her kid with a pregnant fiance it's like and that did what to the story overall yeah it well, did, did absolutely did... nothing for her character <laughs> we already knew she was a drug addict you showed us that in the first five minutes yeah didn't they what uh... did this do to further the story it did absolutely nothing um <laughs> no, sorry one of my other favorites didn't they make fun of um uh john luke only episode. responds in shakespeare yeah the crusher episode where she falls in love with the the ghost yes they did yeah <laughs> what about picard when he did this and what about beverly when she went to that planet and fell in love with the oh, alien the ghost not <laughs> <laughs> as bad as that so uh, yeah i think the problem is is i thought uh going back to what you were saying when, when it was first introduced it kind of was almost spun off as like, oh, this is going to be Rick and Morty. Rick but and Morty meets Star Trek. Rick and Morty. And it, it's not that. Mm -hmm. And if you're going into the perception that this is going to be that zany Rick and Morty parallel universes, everything's uh, up for game. It's not that you, you. There's there still rules that they follow. There's still rules that they follow. So it's a little duller than Rick and Morty. Right. It, it, the animation is very similar, so that kind of tricks you into thinking it. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, it's and the very so, slender bodies with a little bit of an exaggerated head. Yeah. It's more of the cell-shaded kind of look where there's not a lot of shading done. Yeah. It's there, very simple lighting and shading effects. Yeah, it's um, like 2D. There's not three three-dimensional, three three different shades right. of any kind. Um, I think there might be like one or two scenes where for dramatic effect, but... Do, do you know my favorite episode of the series? Let's go over our favorite episodes. Well, um, okay. So, what was your favorite episode, John? Let's start with that. Honestly, it was the last one. The last one. Last was one. My, the ten last was one. really great. Last one was my favorite episode. One, one and ten were probably my two favorite. I have to say nine. The movie. The movie inside oh, the, the holodeck. The movie inside the holodeck, which is another great holodeck. I they love did two that holodeck twist. episodes out of ten, yeah. and they were both fantastic. Yeah. Name another good holodeck thing. Do you want to go back and see Moriarty or? <laughs> I don't mind Fairhaven. I don't mind the Moriarty episode. <laughs> One of them, anyways. But it's not great. It's not great. No, I, right. I was both of them were great. Yeah. Um. But episode nine is probably my favorite because it's the classic setup of, um, uh. Holodeck safeties are off, but they didn't turn the holodeck safeties off. You're not going to die in this one. There, there was nothing at risk. It was character development only. Yeah. Um, uh, which is a lot like the Robin Hood episode or the Moriarty episodes, or you know, there was nothing to risk there. It was no, just it, it, you're it, in it, there for fun, and the fun got a little out of hand. The fun, and, uh, you understand the characters more and why they're doing the things they do. Right. Exactly. And so. Um, the setup is that uh, uh, Boimler, the ensign who's rank and file and wants, wants a promotion, um, is trying to practice for his interview with the captain, uh, like a, an annual review or something like that. Yeah. And uh, or no, he's he's there, there's uh, applying a for a promotion. There's a promotion um, coming up, and he's gonna he's got an interview to uh, apply for it. Right. So he wrote a algorithm based on a, to a scrape perfect, a, all of the personal logs yeah, perfect, of everyone on the ship and recreate them on the Cerritos in the holodeck. Theoretically, perfectly. Right. According to, like a Barkley simulation. Yes, exactly. Barkley simulation without the bio-container cleanup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess, no, it's actually more like a Barkley simulation once you throw Mariner into it, isn't it? Yes, that's what I was saying. Sorry, I was thinking of LaForge simulation. <laughs> um... Which, I don't know how he ever got away with that. Because <laughs> um, that's way more in line with Barkley's character. Anyway, um, so it's a Barkley simulation where he can go go and beat the hell out of his, his uh, companions. Or what, superiors yeah. and whatever. Uh, so Mariner, all of a sudden, in 30 seconds, writes a script. And all of a sudden, they're inside a movie. And I love that they all of a sudden went like lens flares over the top. Oh, and yeah, a dramatic 60-second like, ship intro. She like totally She's a did. beautiful lady. Oh, yeah. It was, it was the... They, they, they made fun of J.J. Abram. They made fun of the Star Trek motion picture. Yep. In, in, uh, in Within 60 seconds. Yep. It was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, so, so they're like, and there she is, there's the Cerritos and they're in a shuttlecraft approaching it and you get a couple of like cinematic shots and a bunch of lens flares and you're going, okay, that's pretty cool. And I see what they're doing. They're making fun of it, but then it just keeps going and keeps going. And then the camera <laughs> angles get weirder and weirder. In fact, there's one that's sitting on top of the saucer section and it's just spinning in a circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. So that one was hilarious. And uh, it ends up being that Mariner is the daughter of the captain, of Captain Freeman. And uh, and she ends up, like, 
the captain sends her to therapy because she thinks she needs therapy because she's, you know, slacking off and you need to be an officer and whatnot. So she starts up this program and decides she's just going to beat the living hell out of everyone on the ship. And so she plays the part of this, this enemy that has infiltrated the ship and she's just shooting all of her crewmates and it freaks everyone else out. Um, so everyone else like kind of, kind of bails out of it and uh, ends up having like this epic duel with the captain in which her Mariner the hologram yeah. ends up coming in and kicking the ass of Mariner the actual person and giving her a uh, a psychological look at herself and who she actually is. Um, and uh, she goes, wow, therapy is great. Um it's kind of like Futurama meets meets lower or meets Star Trek, and I would more equate it to that. Or uh, yeah, as T. Cos points out, uh, Rick and Morty is to Star Trek Lower Decks as Futurama is to Jetsons. Um, I would actually equate Lower Decks comedy a lot like Futurama. Um, yeah, I, as I can, far as delivery, maybe. as far as pacing. Yeah, it's, I, I wouldn't. It's say not it quite is, as outlandish as Rick and yeah, Morty. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not as outlandish, uh, but the the pacing, the subtlety, mm -hmm. the background stuff. Um, yes, a lot more like that. Um, uh, and but you really have to know to our future Ramos, you just have to be kind of a, a nerd. Uh, this you have to know Star Trek. Well, you have to know Star Trek to get all of it. But I will say, my wife did like watching it with me, even when it was some obscure references because the show itself is still good yes. and you can still watch the show. Even if you don't know what Star Trek is, you'll get it pretty darn quick. Um, and she watched Picard with me and she's watched some next generation and some DS nine, but she is not a fully fledged fanatic. She's not watched every episode like John and I have um, <laughs> multiple times, multiple times. Right. <laughs> uh, and she enjoyed it. She enjoyed Picard too. Um, so it's not to take anything away from that as well, but yeah. So I, I really, I really enjoyed this. I give this like a, a cur actually. So currently, I give this a solid B, mm -hmm. but I think this is definitely worth a rewatch. Like a lot of the new Star Treks have been, mm -hmm. and my opinion, um, I, I was landing on a pretty solid B plus um, because. They got, I think, seven. It's probably going to be, it's going to bump it up to a B plus A minus. Yeah. And I think eight was kind of like, eh. And then there's only two episodes that I didn't think were good uh, or very good. They're yeah. still watchable. Yeah. Um, so you hit seven out of 10 with A's. And I'll take that. I'll take yeah. that for a first run series. Yeah. And, um, and, and you know, well, so. The reason why, uh, kind of going back to what's our favorite episode, the episode 10 for me mm -hmm. was there was humor and also on top of it, there actually was consequences. There right. was something going on. There was conflict. It was a really good balanced Star Trek episode. Yes. Of, it was of, balanced very well with the humor, but there was still a great story underneath it. Exactly. And, and that's where shows like Futurama and Rick and Morty season four got into a lot of trouble is they said the hell all with the story. Let's just try to be funny. Yeah. Um, and Futurama season six and seven, when they brought it back for comedy central were some of the worst episodes ever. Now they, they had, um, it's just the disparity of the episodes got like this where Futurama used to sit like right here, like the lows weren't all that low and the goods were really freaking good. Yeah. The disparity went like this with Futurama. And I feel the same way for Rick and Morty. But for Rick and Morty season four, I'm giving that like a D 
if I'm being friendly because I thought there were only two great episodes and there were only like four that were good. Because uh... there's some crap in there. I like I like the the Rattlestar Rick oh, Lactica. I, lo- I, I love the Rattlestar. That one's that one's funny, but it's not great. It's <laughs> oh, funny. I, oh no, I watched that one at least three or four times. So have I. Um, uh, I, I thought it was funny, but not great. Um, um but uh, and then the Vat of Acid episode I think was fantastic. Oh, that yeah, that was. And great I episode. and the Beth episode was fantastic. The yeah. the Beth clone episode. Those were the two winners out of the whole season. Yeah, I didn't really uh, care for like the poop episode. The poop episode was stupid. Um gosh, there was the 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 I F to Planet episode, episode nine. Oh yeah, that was a dumb one. That was a dumb one. Um there were some funny moments in it, but again the characters were all out of their lanes, and that's my biggest problem is you're telling a story that happens to have these characters in it instead of having the characters live through a story. Those are two very different things in writing. And uh, and I've said it about Futurama, where all of a sudden the characters were just vehicles for jokes, and any character will do, rather than you're writing jokes for characters. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. Uh, to me, season four, Brick and Morty was pretty much a bust. Uh, I thought there were two great episodes that were know. classic, great Brick and Morty, because you look at the first three seasons, and I give the first three seasons, and actually season three, I give an A seasons one and two i give a solid bb plus because eight I, out I, of ten are infinitely rewatchable i i think i think uh season four they the dragon big... episode John. i love the dragon episode. the dragon episode was absolute shite <laughs> I, I, I thought it was stupid the first time and then the second time <laughs> i've I rewatched it, it four times I laughed, it was absolute shite every hard. time uh <laughs> maybe i wasn't drunk enough maybe i wasn't high and enough. that that's that may be your problem because i'm but, watching I'm but the watching problem like is after when i've watched heads. rick and morty seasons one through three and it's got an 80 percent hit rate and and season three had a 90 percent. there's only one episode of season three i don't like um out of the 10 to 12 episodes per season and then season four comes along and i'm like i could watch two of these again yeah, well, I also think they also got a, a, a you know, they, they had their bigger budget. They had a, a lot of so things. So did they fire all the writers and give all the voice actors I the I think pay? they were just trying to <laughs> like, do so much because there was, because there was also a big hiatus with three and four. And right. I think they were There's really, been a big hiatus in between them all. In one and two, there wasn't that big of a hiatus. Uh, oh, actually, two yeah, and there, three, there was three and a half two, years. Yeah, two and three, that was, that was a huge part, but between three and four there was another year and you a know half. what i watched season three above your bar filming my shows oh i remember yes. that's when season three debuted i know and so it's been since then since we've had season four well maybe maybe they had to keep rewriting stuff i don't know but and but season four was awful. i i okay overall I, it was not as good okay that's fine i would not put though I'm gonna ding lower decks here. I wouldn't put lower deck season one up against Rick and Morty season one. I would. I would. I wouldn't. I, would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's as, as good. I would say lower decks season one. Actually, I would even put Futurama a hair season one of Futurama mm. a hair above mm. lower decks. Just a hair, not much, but just a hair. I'd have to go decks. back and look at the episodes. In fact, let me pull up Futurama. Because I'm so, curious. You got me curious. 
Um, it's a it's a good. I think season one of Lower Decks is a good start, and it's a really good base that that can build off of, and it makes some really good humor and bringing back some really good characters. Yeah. Um, and even some old characters or even just old ra uh, alien races and make fun of them. Right. And and I thought whenever you can make fun of yourself in spite of yourself, it's good comedy. Mm -hmm. And and I th thought they did a great job. Okay. So there were nine episodes in Futurama season one. There's Space Pilot, which was great. Okay. The series has landed. We're sailors on, on the, the moon. moon. Uh, okay. It was okay. I roommate. I thought was pretty good. That's the uh, Bender has an apartment and they end up living in the closet. Yeah, that's I thought. The, the I thought that was pretty good. And the the cell phone reception or the yeah, TV reception had, for had, uh, snip right. off his his little Bender. Right. Bink. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Love's labor's lost in space, in which uh, Tarenga Leela bangs Zap Brannigan. Classic. Okay. Fear the bot planet where they dress up as robots that's to kill all humans and 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 he goes into the the porno shop but it, it's a it's a printed porn store <laughs> okay okay uh fish full of dollars in which uh fry buys the anchovies and and has a billion dollars i thought that one was pretty funny that was pretty funny you can't sit in your apartment listening to classical music all day i like big <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean that's where that 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 one uh i, I have it yeah, I have an emoji yeah. with that. Yeah. Uh, my three sons. Fry is a god king on a liquid planet. Yeah. Very good. Big piece of garbage. I'm okay with that one. That one was okay. That was okay. Hell is the other robot. That is Bender goes to robot hell. That's a great classic That's one. That's a great one. I'll agree with you. Lower Decks, not as good as Futurama season, season one. one. Because Futurama season one, I've got... Seven out of nine instead of seven out of ten. Yeah. How's that? So so again, that's why I said it's a hair. I said it was a hair. And and I only give a half point to Fear the Bot Planet, though. That's not my favorite. No. And no, I and there, I thought it was, it was a little okay. subpar. There, there, there are some parts, but there's some really good jokes in there. There are some really good jokes. And and just like that's the thing with Futurama season one was the episodes may not have been good, but there are some really good, really good classic jokes yeah part part yeah uh yeah you're right because episode two has the uh you know i'll build my own theme park with blackjack and hookers uh, yeah I mean, how we use that all the time yeah <laughs> one of the classic bender jokes and what's really funny is uh bender doesn't find his voice the entire first season john dimaggio for bender is still looking for bender yeah i mean he he has an interview where he's like i i it took me forever to like i think it's like, yeah it took him until season three to actually find it yeah, to, to know what Bender is and what what sound he should be. Um, because uh, he is very, um, not grungy, but lower and slower. Yeah. Hey, buddy. You know, yeah, that, he, that's he, Bender in season one. Yeah, um, right, but yeah he sounds he sound more New Yorker, uh, right. deeper voice, not as raspy. He, um, he's a New Jersey guy trying to make fun of a New York guy. Yeah is what he is right um and so to me that that kind of makes season one of futurama a little difficult to watch because the voices are so far off farnsworth isn't found either um you know he's he's still the old rickety old man instead of the not the, the crazy bitter old man yeah the, the bitter crazy scientist yeah Zoeyberg's not even really in it and... yeah exactly and so the characters all through season one did not know what their voices were Fry and Leela were the only well-fleshed-out characters in the whole thing. 
they still told fantastic stories and still had some of the best jokes of the franchise. So, again, again that, to me, seven out of nine. That, but that's why I said uh, uh, Lower Decks season one, really, really good base mm-hmm. to build upon. Yeah. I am, I will in look. I am so looking forward to season two. I think season one was a huge success. Again, too, we never talked about spoilers, but end of episode 10, like we said, there was conflict. There was conflict with the, uh, I forget what race that was, that basically they kidnapped Jordy LaForge because they kept stealing tech. Mm-hmm. And they ended up, because the Federation found them to be so weak, they ended up stealing so much tech that they became strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we strong now. <laughs> um there's what? another enterprise. Another enterprise. <laughs> so great. <laughs> and 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 then Captain Riker comes in, swoops in in the Titan, which was the first time we actually get to see Captain Riker. Captain uh, Riker in Captain the Titan. Riker in the Titan, uh, commanding <sighs> the Titan. Um, yeah. And so, and we see him with, uh, with Deanna, and he just Ooh, the Titan look obliterates at you, all of them. And then, yeah, he sees. Yeah, we. <laughs> He communicates I don't know why Rick and Morty just started playing in my ear, but it did. <laughs> um, so I brought up my Plex library so I could look at Rick and Morty season one because I was curious. Okay. Rick and so Morty here's, season looks good. So here's Rick and Morty season one. And, and again, we'll use this as a comparison point because that comparison point has been made. It's the Rick and Morty of Star Trek. Okay? Yeah. Uh, we have the pilot, which was... The seeds. The, the, the mega seeds and trying yeah. to get them through customs because you got to put them way up in your bubble. <laughs> What's that? Oh, it's a machine that can sense things way up in your butt. Run, Morty! Oh, no, run, Morty! <laughs> right. Great episode. Okay. okay. The student has become the master, Morty. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so, and again, Rick and Morty as the voices. And again, it's one guy. It's Justin Roiland doing both voices. Yeah. They're not quite found, but they're found rather quickly. By by episode four, you know who they are. Yeah. Um, I would say. Uh, episode two, Lawnmower Dog. Love that episode. Love that episode. Uh... Uh, you will no longer call me Snuffles. Uh, that yeah. is my slave name. I am Snowflake because my fur is soft and white. <laughs> the dogs, um, yeah. Yeah. Great episode. Uh, Anatomy Park. Oh, the great Christmas Great episode. episode. Yeah. Uh, with uh, uh, John Oliver as uh, Dr. Xenon Bloom. Great oh, yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's the uh, the simulation within a simulation within a simulation. You know, trying to get one over on Rick again. Great episode. Yeah, Morty, keep your hands off your ding dong. <laughs> great episode. So yeah. we're four for four, and that's rare in a first series. Oh yeah. Uh, Me seeks and destroy. Me seeks with uh, with Jerry and Mr. then uh, and then and then Rick and Morty are off on the giant adventure because Morty gets to pick one in every ten. Yeah. Right. Another great episode. Oh, yeah. gosh, yes. Rick uh, Potion number nine. Rick Potion number nine. Eh. It's okay. Eh. It's okay. Um, this it, one... It, it, it does It does lead up, though. They do build off of that one, I will yeah. admit. I can only do this two or three times, Morty. We can only jump... <laughs> <laughs> um, again, the fourth wall breaks are great, but uh, Rick Potion number nine, they destroy the world, turn, turn everyone into Cronenbergs, and... Uh, the whole thing again the characters just don't seem like they have voices in this one they they're vehicles but they're not characters yeah they're, they're just weird uh raising gazorpazorp it's one of my least favorite episodes that's morty really? has a baby with the oh, uh, the baby oh, maker. The, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, there are yeah. some good moments in that one more on the rick and summer path 
Uh, less so with the the Morty being a parent and raising a yeah. a bloodthirsty alien path. Um, I I I like moments of this one, but the whole episode I'm not a fan of. No, uh, episode eight, best episode of the season. Rixty minutes, yes. Uh, interdimensional cable, interdimensional and then cable. Uh, and then Jerry and Beth coming to the realization that they should love each other because in every dimension they love each other and they realize the other person got away. Yeah. Uh, fantastic episode through and through. Um, something Rick comes this way, the Plutonian mining. And the Rick versus the devil. Uh, yes. Both of right. those. The, the moon's a planet! Yeah. <laughs> Pluto's an effing planet! <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Pluto. Sorry, I said the moon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pluto's a cold, cold celestial dwarf. A what? <laughs> I, I said Pluto's a planet, a cold, cold planet. <laughs> Knock him dead, you. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's the best of the series, but I do put it up there more with the first five rather than episode six and seven. I yeah, I, I like it. There's there's enough. It's still really good. good. It's still it's good. It's still, still watchable. Really good. Yeah. Close Encounters of the Rick Kind, the Citadel of Ricks. Oh. Opening yes. scene is Rick is shot by Rick through the head, and Morty's yes. abducted. Citadel of Ricks is fantastic. Yes. Um, and then risky business with the the uh, uh, summer wants to throw a party. You can't throw a party. Why not? Because oh, I'm throwing a party. Yeah. We do. We Yeah. I'm gonna get riggedy riggedy wrecked, son. Yeah. yeah. And Abraham. Um, <laughs> Abraham Dolph Winkler. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking two eh, episodes. Two two and a half. half. I'm going to give a half a, to the Pluto episode. So I like the devil timeline. I'm not a fan of the, of the Pluto. Oh, I love thing. the Pluto oh, timeline. It was, it had moments, but it, to me, it just still wasn't as good. I, I hate to it, put it up with those first five. It brought Jerry, but it, it also brought us what Jerry is more Jerry. That is very true. So, uh, but so, okay, fine. Uh, but that's still out of 11. Out of 11, you got eight and a half. Yeah. It's not bad. That's not that's that's a that's above Futurama. No, that's... you got no eight eight and a half. That's right. Yeah, Sorry, my mouth was off for a second. Eight and a half. Yeah. So that and like that's... I said, at a lower deck, seven out of ten. So like I said, so it, it's right in there, or seven it, and a half out of ten. It's it, right it, in there. It's a good base. It's a yeah. good base. Uh, like I'm not I'm not complaining with the base, uh, but at the same time too, it's not it's not the same humor as Rick and Morty. It's not the same. It, it, like you were saying, it's a bit more similar to Futurama. You you have to understand a little bit more. Uh, there, there's humor in it that, and you'll understand even more if you like uh, Star Trek. Mm -hmm. So um, for people who don't know Star Trek, like you said, your wife, when you watch it, I don't know if she would rate it as high as say Futurama. Uh, I don't know if your wife liked Futurama or Rick oh, and Morty. We love Futurama. Futurama, well, yeah, so, Rick and Morty, American so, Dad, those are all on replay on our Yeah, TV. exactly. So if you asked your wife though, who's not a huge Star Trek fan, what is it then? Where does it rank? She might say something different. I think she's only seen four of the episodes of Lower Decks with me and I don't remember which ones. So I definitely want to watch them again. And I'd like too. to watch them with her and kind of get her impression of it from a non-Star Trek fan. Yeah. No, I I, I think, like I said, if I rewatch them again, I'm, I'm probably, and I probably will, I'll enjoy them probably even more so. 
because yeah. I'll get to watch them all throughout, and I really don't have to pay attention to the plot. I get to enjoy some of the smaller things. I really enjoyed. Did you notice that like there were so many Jordy LaForge uh, glasses? People? Oh yeah, it showed up like and, five or six times. Exactly. Uh, there was a bunch of like. Katie Which, by the Bin way, by that time Jordy already had the implants. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Um, and uh, there was there. You know, there's all the sub sub characters who the. Um, the chief um, security chief was a um, Bajoran. Um, Bajoran, yeah, who had a, a temper tantrum. Who? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. So, like I said, that was season, hard. Season ten, I think they're going to bring 10. episode ten. Sorry, uh, yeah, he something bad happens. Uh, I think they'll bring him back, and the classic Star Trek, you know, yeah, Genesis Planet, Genesis Planet type thing, or or he becomes a bad Spock. guy. He he becomes a bad guy, yeah. Type of a thing. Um, <laughs> I, I I love the homage to him. Uh, he's up in heaven, ejecting warp cores and yelling at the top of his lungs now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then the doctor is very bones esque, but is a completely different. Is a cat. Is a cat. Do yeah. you know how hard it is to get nacho cheese out of fur? Yeah, I like I like in uh, episode nine, like you were talking about uh, the counselor. Counseling's for the 80s. What are you talking about? <laughs> yes. All he does is make food references. Well, this is quite a pickle we have ourselves in. <laughs> yeah. You've certainly caused a fruit salad of problems over here. Yeah. I do I do think the humor progresses. That's a hard nut to crack. <laughs> uh, I, I think the just the standard humor of non-Star Trek references progressed throughout the season as well. Yes, I agree with that. Um, but now, uh, actually, kind of still on topic, but slightly different, though, is actually Star Trek as a whole, especially starting tomorrow, uh, season three of Discovery is yes. starting. And... Uh, are you big? Have you watched all of two? No, me neither. <laughs> I, I, I've tried. I tried. I really did. I, I, I can't get into it, and I enjoyed fifty percent of Enterprise. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I, having I, a hard time. I'm, like I'm having a hard time I'm getting gonna, into Discovery. I'm gonna give Discovery. I, I watched all of season one. <laughs> I watched half of season two and it was like, I can't take this anymore. I can't, is, right. It's so bad. But as soon as you start saying there was a sequel exploit in our warp core. Yeah. Which is a direct quote, if I remember it correctly. <laughs> I'm sorry, if sequel still exists in the 24th century, when, I'm, <laughs> I'm tapping out. When they say an SQL command is beating them. <laughs> Come on. Seriously? You need to sanitize your com inputs. <laughs> um, but but I will say so. What is this? Two thousand three. Yeah. Spoiler again. Uh, end of season two. I, I haven't watched it, but I know they travel to the way distant future. Yes. And apparently, the Federation no longer exists, and they're in a, a really old Federation. Apparently, the last Federation ship now. It kind of appeals to me. I kind of yeah. now now it's different because they're no longer in the James T. Kirk era, mm -hmm. um, you know, which is which would which they were supposed to be in like what three years before Kirk enter or yeah takes, the Enterprise the Enterprise and, yeah. which the Enterprise is in it, but it's it's commanded by um, what's his face Captain um, Pike Pike 
which yeah. I liked his character <laughs> in season two, but he was yes. only in half of them. And yeah. I'm I'm really happy. So apparently they're creating a whole new series. Drop table warp core containment. Was that what it was called? <laughs> no. Someone just said in comments, drop table warp core containment. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, but apparently they're making a whole Star Trek Strange New World, which is Star, uh, the Enterprise original base, but all Captain Pike and yeah. young Spock. Yeah. Um, meh, could be interesting. There's a Section 31, which is supposed to be the origin of Section 31. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting, but I don't yeah, I don't like the way they did Section 31 in Discovery. Yep. So, um, but I do, and then there's also a Nickelodeon, which here is an interesting bring back of a character. There's yes. a, a uh, uh, Nickelodeon's Prodigy, so we're kind of thinking... Star Trek um, Prodigy. Star Trek Prodigy, yeah, so Star yep. Trek Prodigy, sorry. But uh, Wesley Crusher type, you know. Mm-hmm thing and, and uh, you know ju- junior cadets ensigns young recruits you know yeah, starfleet pro- academy I would and it's going to be academy. aimed at kids and it's captain be... should i say it or should you you go ahead say it. okay so captain katherine janeway kate mulgrew will be reprising her role yeah uh for star trek prodigy so that'll be cool that'll be interesting to see you know heck if i can get my four-year-old into it yeah. That'd be kind of a fun little thing. Like, oh yeah, I know that character. Yeah. Yeah. Miss has been wanting to uh to start watching Star Trek with me. And so I'm I'm debating on which one I want to start her with. Do I start her with TNG or with uh TNG or do I start start her on DS9? Why would you start her on DS9? That's a little dark. Because <laughs> it's better, but it's, it's darker. It's super dark. <laughs> it's super dark, right? <laughs> Even some of the earlier episodes are dark. Yeah, uh, I it's mean, gritty. What are you afraid to get your hands dirty, John? No, well, it's I'm not gonna typical be... Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> Episode one reference. Uh, so you're supposed although, to pick up a girder and throw it aside, and then go. <laughs> I, so, but though I was, I really want, I really want a Harry Kim to still be an ensign in this. I really do. I, re- I want. I want him to be like a teacher, but still he's, rank he's of an Professor ensign. Harry Kim, but professor, still with one pet. Yeah, Professor Ensign Harry Kim. That's yeah. what I really want. I was yeah. like, can they make that a joke, please? I, no, I want him with two pips, but I want him to be a junior lieutenant. <laughs> I want him with a gold and a black. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> After I'm Professor 30- Harry Kim. Today we're going to be talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just this broken 48-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. That's what I want to see. I'd actually, you know, I, this would, wouldn't be bad as a uh, uh, a whole, like, reference. Bring back a couple of um, uh, Voyager people. You know, you, you could have um, Tom Paris as being the flight instructor. Yeah. You know, um, Bellana Torres being a warp core engineer. You yeah. Could have, um, actually, we can even see Lieutenant Barkley back. With, because... with transwarp theory yeah, oh, at, yeah. at, at her disposal. Yeah. Um, we can have Lieutenant Barkley because technically he was supposed to be a professor. Lieutenant Commander now. Oh, yes, that's right. Remember, he was promoted. Yes. So, uh, $15 donation, John Farmer. Will you ever review your Elcom Huge? Uh, a lot of people have been asking about my trackball lately. Um, I freaking love this trackball. I've been using this for two years now, I want to say. Um, I've always been very much a trackball user. Um, especially on like what is my primary daily driver machine. Um, 
Uh, I used Logitech balls for years and years, um, but uh, they don't make too many of them and they don't update them all that often because they're, well, not all that popular. And so I was looking for a new wireless trackball that wasn't just the standard Logitech two-fingered one with a scroll wheel. Um, and I came across this. This is the Elcom Huge. Um, it is a fully programmable wireless trackpad. Um, your, your fingers actually control the ball. And then you've got your right click over here with a secondary programmable button over here. You've got two more programmable buttons on the top. Your standard click is your thumb. So your left or your uh, left click, yes, is your thumb. And then you've also got your forward and back and your scroll wheel is also on the thumb right there. Uh, plus the scroll wheel has a click to it. It's wonderful. I freaking love this thing. And it's only $55. Uh, they make it in wired or wireless for about the same cost. I think it's like 52 and 58 for the two different versions. Um, but they're, they're free. I, I love this trackball. Um, and the batteries last forever. Like I swap the batteries like once every six months. It's ridiculous. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, that's my review. I love this trackball. Um, I, I is, never got into trackballs. Uh, I've I've used a couple of different ones before. In fact, I've used a number of different trackballs in my time, um, both finger-driven and thumb-driven. Um, I used a thumb-driven one for a number of years. Uh, mm -hmm. Logitech had one that was a, a thumbball. And I liked that one, but not nearly as much as I like the finger-driven. I find the, the finger-driven ones are a lot more precise. In fact, I play games with this. Mm. I, I play shooters with this. Um, I'm not quite as accurate as I am with a with a full mouse, but it's also not bad. Yeah. Um, and I've I've gotten pretty good at like pretty pinpoint quick maneuvers with this mouse. Um, I mean, it is my daily driver on this machine, and this machine is what I'm on most of the time for my channel. So. Yeah, I got one of the. I actually got really used to one of those uh, ergonomic stand-up ones. Or oh, the, you got the you vertical know, mouse. The vertical mouse. Really? You know, I, it took me about a week, but after I was like, "Wow, my!" Because uh, for a while, my wrist started hurting, and yeah, someone always recommended use a trackball, and I yeah. used it was older, early two thousands, mm -hmm. actually even early nineties trackballs. Uh, you know, back when they were just in the square pad and you used it and it was... <laughs> oh, the old Kensington trackballs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember using those. I have one of those still. I hated those. Uh-huh. So I, that always turned me off from trackballs. I just never liked the free flowing of like, oh, the trackball can just go. Uh, I never fling it. It's honestly, my movement is this. Yeah. It's, I, it's... I don't fling it and let it roll. It's, I'm, I'm using the trackball very much like I use a trackpad where I'm moving to a point, but my and, point is three-dimensional. And that, I guess that's me. It's like, I'm, I never like trackpads either. So I'm always thinking like, oh, this is like a rollerball on arcades, you know? Zing. See, I've also got the sensitivity turned way up and, and, and just rolling two fingers, I can make it from the left side of my 1440p screen all the way over to the right side of my 1080p screen. Yeah. So two, <laughs> two monitors covered with just this motion. Yeah, and you know, so, I think I think no matter what, any mouse is like you give it a week, and then you're you're used to it. You know? Right. Um, you Unless they suck, and I've used some pretty terrible oh, trackballs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've used some pretty terrible trackpads. I've used some pretty terrible mice. Yeah, exactly. No, you need to have a pretty. I'd say you need to spend at least thirty-five, forty bucks on a mouse yeah. if you're going to be serious about it. But I, I basically my wrist started hurting, and ever since I I bought a cheap one, it was like twenty bucks. I was like, oh, I got used to this, but the weight wasn't there. The sensitivity wasn't there. The button mm -hmm. clicking was so weak. 
yep. finally you know upgraded to you know a 45 dollar version it's like this is good it's got good weight and i really like it for my yep. everyday driver gaming though yeah i still use a gaming mouse uh-huh. if i'm gonna do something with um but, what's next yeah. jeff using the air mouse um i own one and i hate it i hate uh that's the apple air mouse oh that you have to charge with a lightning cable by putting it into the bottom of the mouse which means you can't use the mouse while it's charging oh no. um and it's it's one button but it's a touchpad on top and so your scroll is just using the middle finger on a piece of plastic in the uh, middle I see and it, depending yeah. on which side you click on it does a different click plus you can like do gestures on it it's the stupidest damn thing ever. Um, I tried I, to use one because I I am a Mac user as well. I tried to use one. I freaking hated it. I, I used one for weeks and I still hate it. I tried using one of those pen mice. You ever use one of those? Where it, it's shaped like a pen and you're supposed to like draw? Um, I do have uh, a couple of graphics tablets, yes. Well, it's not a graphics tablet. It's actually a yeah. pen. Right. Where the, 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 so that's a, it basically is shaped like a pin, but the sensor is at the tip. So you can yeah. use your mouse pad. I was like, but you're always yeah. kind of like that. And yeah, th- uh, those are, those are non-display graphics tablets. And uh, the pen inputs are one-to-one inputs. And so there's no acceleration. Uh, the pad itself is actually mapped to a pixel on your screen. Mm. And so um, where you put your pen is where that dot is, or where your, your pointer is going to show up on your screen. Um, and I, I own a couple of different ones and yes, I, I do use them from time to time, but not as a primary driver. They are not for that. Um, uh, did I miss the lower decks talk? Yes. All 50 minutes. Of it. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Hang on. Trekkie 47. Fantastic name, by the way. Um, there we go. All right. I just posted the one I was talking about in, in discord. Oh, that one the... doesn't have a tablet to it. Yes. It's not well, a tablet. So that one, uh, it's a bit yeah. different. I, I tried, I, so I bought that one. As you can see, it's not a very expensive one, um, yeah. but uh, it was supposed to be super ergonomical, good for your wrists and everything like that. Hated it, hated yeah. it. Yep. One of those, you know, uh, a Facebook, hey, check out this advertisement. I see you're looking at new mice. Check this one out. And, you know, Facebook sat there and, and read all my history. And I was like, all right, I'll bite. It's 20 bucks. Excuse me. Wow, surprisingly, out of uh, the whole entire time, not too many people dropped while we were (laughs) ranting about Star Trek. I know. Yeah, no, we kept a pretty darn consistent audience. I was pretty happy with that. Usually Star Trek talk, uh, usually times. Yeah, we, we see it drop to about 50%. Only the hardcore <laughs> users stay on. But no, we held a consistent 170 pretty much the whole time, which was amazing. In fact, we've gained uh, since we started talking about it. We were at 166 when we started. So, yeah. Um, uh, someone asked, uh, do you have any interest in DAS solutions? I'm assuming you're talking about distributed antenna. Um Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I don't think I do. Um, I don't have any external buildings I'm trying to host at. I don't have any weird Wi-Fi needs aside from, you know, mounting two or three points in my house. So. I mean, Jeff, if you want to, I, I have a place that could use it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, I don't think I can hit your house from here, though. 
<laughs> There's kind of a mountain between us. <laughs> well, you, you you can always go to and, and install it at the farm. Right. That, that's what I meant. You live on the wrong side of the hill. <laughs> Have you seen the landmass between you and I? Go no, Google Earth and go lateral with it and then look at my house, John. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think there's a mountain between us. Yes, there is. In fact, I'm in the mountain and I'm in the valley of that mountain. So I'm I'm actually like a hundred feet below every road around me, like all four sides. <laughs> That's like a hill, not a mountain. You can't shoot through it though. <laughs> you get a big enough two hundred foot tower. I don't have the permits for that. <sighs> Drone it. <laughs> yeah, just hover a drone above my house in Perpetua. Now there's an idea. That's a video I'd like to watch. Oh, direct attached storage. Um, yeah, I, I like I like all kinds of storage. Um, Did but you yeah, just, um, oh, okay. yeah, USB NAS solutions. You know the. Uh, wasn't sure what you meant by that acronym, but yeah, direct attack storage, uh, you know, directly hooking, you know, storage arrays to your system. Absolutely. Um, I don't know that I have much use for one here because I have a hundred terabytes in my NAS and I have 10 gigs from that NAS and I can saturate that 10 gig link. But uh, yeah, I like looking at stuff. It's fun. <laughs> I like stuff. Yeah, it's cool. I like stuff. Stuff is cool. John needs to get on the Starlink beta. Um, I kind of want on the Starlink beta. In fact, I applied uh, for it. So, Jeff, do you think, what do you think uh, of the used Ryzen 7 1700 from AliExpress? Can you do a video on them? Um, I've looked at those. Um, there's two different options. There's the Ryzen 7 1700, which is going for about 120, 125 on AliExpress. There's also the Ryzen 7 1700 Pro, which is going for for a hundred and change. Um, the, the 1700 Pro is the exact same CPU without overclocking support. Um, and here the hiccups come. Um, but a uh, hundred bucks, eight cores, 16 threads, 3.8 gigahertz uh, uh, max boost. We thought the 1600 AF was a good deal at $85. The 1700 Pro at $100 is a fantastic deal as well. Um, and in fact, I've looked at possibly doing a video with the 1700. The problem is AMD boards have not depreciated in value at all. There's no such thing as a, ugh, dang it. There's no such thing as a used Ryzen board, AM4, B350, A320 even, for less than 60 bucks. And for that price, you can get a brand new B550 board. <laughs> and so to me, some of the value is lost because I still can't get a cheap platform for it. In fact, most of the boards that I see, that I see are $80 and up. Um, so, I suppose it's still a good deal, and it's probably a much better deal than going with with something like a 2678V3 and a, and a Chinese X79 platform, because the Ryzen 7 1700 has way better single-threaded performance than a 2678 does, and I believe it ties it in multi-threaded performance. So you're getting 
the same, excuse me, the same multi-threaded performance, way better single-threaded performance, for about the same cost of entry minus the memory. So yes, I think they're a good deal. I think it could be better if motherboards were better on the used market. If if you could get a B4 or a B350 for 40 bucks. Radical Rick, hold your breath and uh, tighten all your muscles. Yeah, I know how to get rid of hiccups. Trust me, it doesn't work with me. Um, Jeff, Jeff, it's like basically a common thing here. You'll, you'll... It's a common thing. Uh, my diaphragm gets hiccups easily. Um, and unlike a lot of you, I was a very, very good windwind or woodwind player uh in my time and have something like 140 percent of the average lung capacity and my diaphragm is rock freaking solid and when it decides to spasm it physically hurts <laughs> because it feels like getting punched in the chest every single time so trust me i know about hiccups i get worse hiccups than you and mine don't stop the way yours do yeah, it, uh, he, <laughs> if you know anything about talking heads, trust me, he has the hiccups. He's tried it all live. Yes. yes. Um, typically, my move for getting rid of hiccups is actually laying flat on my back um, on hard on a hard floor. Um, that tends to help getting rid of my hiccups and, and expedite getting rid of them, but it's still not a silver bullet for them. Um, do you have any plans on revisiting anything in the realm of virtual reality? I freaking love virtual reality are you kidding yeah. me um, like, yes <laughs> yes um yes absolutely um in fact uh i was supposed to be getting in some stuff from pimax before the apocalypse of this year um i'll probably be doing some stuff for them for review very shortly um i'd like to get some stuff in uh, a little uh pretty soon um and i i want to start testing out like the knuckle controllers and and some other stuff from them um so yes, I would love to do some more stuff with virtual reality. Um, as long as people will watch it. Um, my last VR piece that I did was one of the worst videos that I've posted in the last year uh, as far as viewability. Uh, no one watched it. And it was at the release of Half-Life Alex, which I watched to, it. Right. Like I said, nobody watched it. Uh, <laughs> um, and it was, I released it the same week as Half-Life Alex, and I tested it with Half-Life Alex and titled it this is what I thought VR should look like four years or six years ago with Half-Life Alex in the thumbnail and the title and everything else. And I think it has like 4,500 views today. It's literally one of the worst videos I've posted in the last year. Um, even though I thought it was one of my best analytical videos and setup videos and testing videos and whatnot. I did VR benchmarking for crying out loud. You know how difficult VR benchmarking is? Um, Jeff, it's a passion. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you got rid of my hiccups because you made me rant. So there we go. Hey, there you go. And ranting is actually Jeff's number one way of getting rid of hiccups. That's right. So so thank you for that. Um, anyway, it is 10 past the hour. John, you got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, you know what? The only thing I got to say is probably um, the Discord is actually really cool. There's going to be possibly an after show. Usually there's always an after show. And mm -hmm. there's always some really really amazing channels on there there's food beverage there's meme there's car there's trade there's music there's random chat there's a specific channel just for talking heads time yep uh, there's, it is a there's a buy sell trade page yeah. uh for users for posting your stuff for sale and buying stuff from other users there's also a page for 
current deals uh, for, for retail. So buying things off the internet to to increase yourself. There's an engineering page, which is anything uh, related to showing off your rig or your gear. That is your computer, your server stack, your home lab, your whatever you happen to be working on. As long as electricity flows through it, it is welcome there. Uh, your 3D printer stuff, your maker stuff, whatever. Um, Alex is a dumb game because it's not Half-Life 3. Uh, the only reason I'm not gonna ban you for that comment is because you've been around forever. But how dare you? Half-Life, uh, Alex, is a freaking amazing game. Um, and Half-Life has never been about the gameplay. Although the gameplay has always been excellent, Half-Life as a series has always been a technical benchmark. Has always been, this is what we can do with the technology today. Pushing the limits of whatever hardware and software we have available to us. It's what Half-Life was. It's what Half-Life 2 was. It's what, not what Half-Life 2 episodes 2 and 3 were, or 1 and 2 were, but it is what Half-Life Alex is again. It's the limits of what VR can let us do with the current software and hardware. Um, and it happens to be a dang good game. It's not Half-Life 3. I don't know that we'll ever get a Half-Life 3. I said it. But, don't you dare disparage what Half-Life Alex is because it's an amazing game. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you want to join the Discord and the super secret chat and the even more super secret after show in which you can talk live with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, uh, visit the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. Minimum donation of $1 per month gets you access to the exclusive Discord server. Uh, more is obviously appreciated, but any donation is very, very uh, appreciated. How's that? I know I said appreciated twice, but I couldn't think of another word that meant, you know, grateful because I already said appreciated. Uh, wasted it on the first one. Uh, you really do help me keep the lights on and Patreon has become one of my number one income sources over the last year or so. Um, and as you know, I'm full time, so you're literally helping me keep the lights on around here. And if you like the content that you see, that's one way to keep it coming. Um, make sure to subscribe to Hops and Brews, uh, link also down in the video description. If you like the beer content, the beer reviews that we do here, he does more of all of that and more over on his <laughs> channel. Sometimes he even features me. So Sometimes we've been trying two to do for that, one with but that. yeah, you know. Yeah, I. Uh, it's been a six-month process since we've seen you. <laughs> yeah, uh, and here's to another six, John. <laughs> hey. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. But anyway, uh, yeah, make sure to like this video, subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Uh, thank you all so much for watching. Uh, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time, Talking Heads for the latest in beer and tech news. This has been episode 153. We'll see you next week. See you guys. Cheers, all. Peace.